Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday, January 27th, 2016, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Indeed. Mr. Bob Ryer. Bobby Tilly jumped the gun on that I know. He totally did. I know. Stephanie Cook. He had to lead in. He had to lead into his hello. The whole thing is just messed up now. Stephanie (laughs) Cook, how are you doing? I am peachy fucking keen. And joining us... (laughs) <laughs> new regular member, or at least semi-regular member of the Talk Comics Ooh. podcast, Mr. Joey Pacino. Semi-regular, semi-sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it begins. Those are the nuggets you can look forward to over the coming weeks and months with Joey. Yes, Joey, how long have you been writing for Talking Comics? Oh, well, I started back in... <laughs> This Don't the best take old people ever. accents. That is mine. <laughs> I have copyrighted that. Get out. I started back in 2011, I think. Okay. 2012. <laughs> 2012. So a long time. Um, long been on the time. been on the podcast several several times. Obviously, join us for our end of the year awards, and uh, we always have a great time when you're on. So we thought, Wigger, let's uh, let's ruin a good thing and have you on the show every week. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine, man. Yeah. Yeah, lock it in. Obviously, uh, Stephanie is already jealous and uh, is is angling yeah, to I kick am. you off the show. Already. Um, Damn it, I'm a minority still. <laughs> As both a Canadian and that's it. That's all right. That's I'm it. biracial. I'm another minority. There it's great. Go. High five. All right. There you go. Air five. Let's kick off Bobby. Minority five. High five. No. Um, wow. Uh, you can't kick me off. I have all the stuff in front of me. Uh, tomato, tomato. Yeah. That, doesn't, that didn't even make sense. Yeah. That saying that there, but. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll go on. The whole thing off. If you hear any dramatic coughing on my end, it's not coming from me. No, <laughs> uh, just FYI. Yeah, it's from it's my upstairs neighbor who's yes. trying to move, prove a point. Yes, yes. Chuck Connors from Tourist mm-hmm. Trap who lives upstairs. <laughs> We're gonna kill everyone. Your yeah. upstairs neighbor who's allergic to fictional marijuana. So yes. uh, there's yeah. that. She like came downstairs. I'm like. If my pasta that I am making happens to smell like pot, then yes. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean I have lots of the pot in this <laughs> bowl on my stove. Phantom um, Yeah. She's like, but I can smell it. And I'm like, me no no, lady. <laughs> and then she's like, ooh, your cat is so cute. She got distracted by Kaylee. I mean, everyone gets distracted by Kaylee, but yep. Yep. Good times. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. One of many that's happened just in the last 10 minutes. Of, of a, <laughs> yeah, it's been a good week. Free record. It's been real good. Oh, so, um, I'm going to start a blanket fort, like, union. Yeah, yeah, that little bit, that little bit, I'm going to stick somewhere at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I got a little bit of that recording before you finish oh, talking God, about yeah, that. Oh, God, yeah, I forget you record things sometimes. <laughs> I was like, this is a good story. Record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tune in for that, because... Yeah. 
it's my real life. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to hear good stuff? Listen to the, at, after the after the the, uh, the f- closing music. Yeah. Hear a little yeah. a little treat yeah. for you. Um, <laughs> it's a bonus it, track. It was, it's funny. Post credits. Like, yeah. My the, it's a dating story. Spoilers. Uh, and I had another date last week. And the guy, like, even before I showed up to the date, had this, like, complete meltdown on me. But, like, my coworker that I'd been working with for, like, two days at this point, I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going out on a team. And she's like, oh, tell me about it. But then she was sick all week. So today we're, like, riding down the elevator after work. And she's like, how how was, like, your date last week? I mean, I didn't see you because I was sick. And I was like, oh, he had a complete meltdown on me via text. Uh, <laughs> called me, like, a bully and was like, ah, the story that I submitted to this thing isn't going to be any good because you bullied me into going on a date. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> so I am also a date bully. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. You should yep. have that on a T-shirt. Yeah. I'm a date, <laughs> date bully. Put that on the curriculum vitae. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you had no self-control over choosing whether you came on this date or not. Mm-hmm. It's like, you just like, no. It's mm-hmm. like, I could have, but then I like went out and like, I had this really great time, but now I feel guilty about it. And I'm like, how is that my fault? Not, uh, dating is fun. <laughs> it is. It is. But the, the story that you'll get at the end of the show is even more fun. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. this is my real life. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so this week uh, we are doing something a little bit different. It was uh, Stephanie's idea. We're doing a a quiz show. Uh, each of us has come up with five questions, um, and we're going to do each of us is going to ask our five questions and what uh, amounts to a round. Um, so you know we'll have time to come up with our answers. Listeners have time to write down mm. their answers, and then we'll read the answers at the end of of said round. Um, and we'll, we'll Stephanie. I know you said in your email. Oh, you can keep score for fun. Maybe we're going to keep score. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's serious. Who of which you deal <laughs> when yeah, it comes okay. to quizzes and games. <laughs> and I'll, I'll explain the rules once we get there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Which will change as the, as the score changes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll I run see. a tight ship, Bob. Yeah. Okay, but we're you're a tight ship. Stephanie's run a lot of quizzes in her in, her, in her time in her day. Isn't it like ask the question, answer the question? Is that the rules? Or? <laughs> we'll get to that. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's sort of gonna be the the meat of, of our show. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Captain Marvel number one uh, relaunch of, of that series, and uh, we have our lightning rounds, and we also have you know our sort of books of the week discussion, which is gonna we're gonna start sort of our new format here, which is just sort of a kind of roundtable sort of flowing discussion where it's not gonna be so much like Steve, what is your book? Bob, what is your book? That kind of thing. So um, we're gonna start that this week. So and that's gonna mm. be the dealio. Uh, there. It feels like we shouldn't even, it doesn't even matter if we talk about it at this point, because it happened literally a week ago at this point, because of course, oh, with all our luck, um, uh, we were like, oh, is that thing with the DC thing, is this tomorrow night or t-? it was, it was the night that we were recording <laughs> and, and they showed a new Suicide Squad trailer. Um, they showed some Wonder Woman footage, uh, and they showed a bunch of little stuff from, uh, you know, whether it just be concept art or you know, a quick uh, word mm-hmm. about um, some of the other movies in the DC slate, Green Lantern Corps, they talked about a little bit, Flash talked about a little bit, um, obviously no footage from, from those things yet. Didn't they announce the Justice League team or something like that? Uh, they had that piece of concept art that, 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 that they threw up. It's what, what, what we've been hearing, Flash, Green Lantern, um, Cyborg, Aquaman. All the usual suspects. Batman, Superman, yeah. and Wonder Woman. That's the that's the crew, it looks like. Cool. Uh, at least the core crew. Um, 
So yeah, so there, that, that, I mean, the, the the two biggest things I would say were maybe the Suicide Squad trailer and the Wonder Woman footage. Um, just I, I want to I, I don't know if we want to spend too much time on it because we got a lot to get to today. But I want to go around quickly, kind of round table, and say like, hey, what do, what do, quick, what do you think about each of those things? So Suicide Squad, Stephanie, what did you think? Actually, pretty excited. I didn't expect to have some fun feelings for that movie. I really thought the trailer killed it. Like. You know, and not in a sort of, oh, wow, those bad guys kill things kind of way. Like, it was actually a lot of fun. And it went from being this kind of, I'm probably going to see it because I'm going to have to review it to, like, <laughs> I might actually go see this for the fun of it. Mm. All right. Joey. I agree. Um, I really liked the trailer in comparison to the first one, too. I felt like the first one that came out a few months ago was very, a little bit more dark and twisted. It probably has to do with the music. I think that the the music for the second one was nuts, and uh, the tone between the two trailers was really different, uh, which I think speaks to the what they want to do with the movie. It is a kind of a dark and twisted film, but it's also very clearly they want to do something very funny. Um so yeah, I thought that the trailer did a really nice job of showing. Yeah, that movie's that movie you saw a couple months ago, but it's also this too. So I liked it. Cool, Steve. Uh, I think the movie looks absolutely bananas. But as far as a trailer goes, I absolutely loved the trailer. I loved the music choice, and I loved the way that the footage synced up with the music, particularly when uh, Deadshot's bullets are hitting the ground, yeah. mm -hmm. or when like they're wheeling out the cart, and as they push it up, you hear the chimes. Just really like we've seen we see a lot of trailers all the time, but as far as trailers that actually stick out and you think about after they're over or after you've watched them or after like, you know, ones that you go around like, did you see this yet? That's one of those trailers for me. Lots and lots of fun. Um, interesting to see that they're, you know, kind of going with the DC New 52 continuity or whatever or origin story for Harley Quinn. There's a couple of shots in there where we actually get to see like the making of her. So all of the stuff that I was apprehensive and worried about a couple months back, they're not even doing. Mm -hmm. So we're bypassing all of that stuff. Right. I think it's an interesting choice. Uh, but the movie looks ridiculously fun, especially when the, you know, the big Bohemian Rhapsody moment comes in and they're just showing you clip after mm -hmm. clip of them just like kind of raging out. And uh, I'm I'm so down for that movie. It's it's the comic book movie I think that I'm the most excited about. Um, maybe aside from Cap Three, mm. Bob. I had the same feeling I did when we did the Guardians trailers, where the first one seemed really serious, and as it got nearer to the movie, they went, "Okay, we've got that audience. Now we're going to show you what it really is and catch the rest of you people who were on the fence." So yeah, I was looking forward to it. Sort of now, definitely so. So like with Deadpool, where the, the last trailer is just sort of nuts yeah so yeah 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 all uh, in um yeah i mean me too I, I think that trailer is kind of spectacular as a piece of marketing i i, I think it's wonderful i don't know it certainly looks like the movie is going to follow that sort of feel and, and vibe so if it does then i think the movie is going to be great and steve i'm kind of right there with you as far as what i'm looking forward to the most and and it's mostly because much like guardians was and i think the six at least marketing wise takes a big page right out of out of the kind of guardians playbook but i think that it feels like something a little bit fresh you know mm -hmm. and it's it's heroes that we all know but it's not it's not sort of the ones you'd expect to be in a movie so uh, in in that way i i feel like it really um it really excites me in ways some of those other things don't and yeah it just it looks like it's going to be big and crazy and i think it's going to be 
weird and twisted, but it looks like it's also going to have a big sense of kind of fun to it. And, and that's what I, I'm most looking forward to. And I will say that there are a couple shots in that trailer where it sort of put me at ease about the Jared Leto look yeah. in some ways that shot where he's in like the tuxedo like shooting the gun and yeah, like, laughing i was like this is he looks like the joker like surrounded that, that's a, by like the spiral of knives on yeah, the ground yeah yeah, that's, yeah that's like joker stuff to me and so i was happy with that um then we'll just see you know it's, it's very interesting to see someone like will smith sort of in like a ensemble getting jiggy with it yeah definitely getting jiggy with it it's my jam <laughs> we should um before the movie comes out we should do like a podcast wide prediction pool of who's gonna bite it throughout the first movie in the suicide squad yeah okay everyone Every- <laughs> the suicide squad yeah. i mean at least at least two or three characters are gonna get it yeah presumably right you would think so we I, I think we should maybe put a little bit down on that depending on how much they're gonna be involved in the other movies uh you know it, or yeah we will. could do all of our own yeah. research yeah yeah but yeah so i'm i'm very excited i think it looks it, look, it looks great and obviously they used a the queen song so i'm uh, that, that gets it high on my list immediately. Uh, and the other thing was, is the little bit, the like minute or so of Wonder Woman footage, which was uh, um, was 58 seconds more than I expected to see uh, of that movie. Mm-hmm. I expected nothing. I expected maybe an interview with uh, w- with someone and, and maybe like a little, a couple maybe stills or something. I did not expect to see a minute of footage for, from a movie that's still a year and a half mm-hmm. uh, uh, away from for, for, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's do the same thing on the, on the table. Steve, why don't you start? <laughs> you start with me because you know yeah, I'm negative yeah, yeah. on it. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't really too impressed. I hate to say it. I'm super hopeful for that movie. I want that movie to be the best one out of the DC movies. I just, I'm not digging the the look of it. The dark, bluish, metallic tone mm-hmm. that it had. I We were talking before the show and I'll let you say your piece and yeah, I, yeah. I won't put your own words out there yeah, for you. Yeah, but yeah. like, I hear what you're saying. I just... As as the question is put, what did you think of those fifty eight mm. seconds? You're timing me now. Um, no, I'm not. I, I, my my Apple Watch dinged on. Like me. we got a we got a shot of 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 like riding some horses and in what looks like a like a Themyscira slash like Sleepy Hollowy type of place. But then she's in this like Creed training gym place, and I just I didn't completely out of context. I have no idea what's up with that. I want to. I want that movie to to be brighter, and there's no saying that I won't get that mm. when we see more than fifty eight seconds worth. But I think a lot of that is due to the fact that that footage looks like shit right now because it's not been edited. So they've probably put one big filter on it to be like, "Look at it, it's not so awful looking." <laughs> I think I honestly I think I think the stuff looked great most of it I mean I don't think I, I, the stuff in like the like the like sort of warehouse or whatever that is when she's fighting I think looks like fine but that stuff when they're sort of out in the woods and, and riding the horses and, and that kind of stuff thought looked great I love that sort of shot of uh, her like walking across that bridge I, I think the idea of it being this sort of 30s no, World War One World War One sorry World yeah. War One right period piece I think is um, fantastic I, I, you know hmm. as you get to see Chris Pine in a bomber jacket with like in his little what yeah. over hairdo, you yeah. know, so. <laughs> Plus, like, she just, I think the, the director is Patty Jenkins. Yes. And it really gave me a lot of hope for the movie when she was talking about what Wonder Woman stands for to her and what was important that she instilled in the movie mm-hmm. when she was saying that Wonder Woman stands for love and hope. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, she gets it. Like, there's potential for this to be Excellent. I loved the footage. I thought Gal Gadot really killed it in the fighting scenes. Like 
in the bits they showed. I thought her costume was spot on. I thought I love the bit where she's like playing with like hats in the mirror and stuff and like trying it on. And I loved this kind of look that you got for this brief second where she's kind of like, ooh, like <laughs> human world. I'm fond of you. Mm-hmm. Um, like over these like very simple things and her kind of love affair with kind of trying to find her place here. Um, I thought that it looked really good. I loved, like, I find that that darkness isn't necessarily a staple to the DC universe, but like, for me, that feels like a world war one kind of period piece look. Mm. Um, Downton Abbey with Amazon. Yeah, yeah. no, actually. <laughs> um, I'd watch I thought that. It really <laughs> I, as probably one of the, like, I've had I've been holding my breath for this film for like so long and I thought that they really nailed it. Like I watched that footage before I watched the Suicide Squad trailer and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I was really, really happy with what it looks like they're doing um, and the direction they're going. Mm. Joey, what about you? I totally agree. And I was also very excited by the interviews that they mm. were doing. I always get excited when they like talk to the actors and talk to the directors and, and, and um, people like that because uh, the the um, response and their passion for it and their passion for the material and all of that uh, kind of matches ours in a way. And when I see that, I'm like, yes, they get it. So I'm excited. And like you guys said, like my hopes are so high for this movie. I really want it to be really, really awesome because it's Wonder Woman and because it's actually coming out on my birthday in 2017. <laughs> so it's like, it has to be good. Otherwise, <laughs> that entire year will be terrible. Um, so yeah, no, I really liked what they had to say, what Chris Pine had to say and Patty Jenkins and, and Gal Gadot. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Mm. Bob? I was very happy with most of the interviews except for Jeff Johns, who doesn't seem to get it. What when it's... it's Oh, she's a warrior, and that's all it's about. It's like, no. But he didn't then, say that's all it's about, Bob. That's what I'm He didn't saying. say that's all it's about. She's a warrior woman, which he said at least twice. <laughs> okay. And you're right. That's not all he said, but <laughs> yeah. that's that's what he's leading. But then hearing Patty Jenkins talk, she does get it, and Gal Gadot gets it. So I'm, I'm hopeful on that sense. It little, seemed a little just generically action-y. That said... We're seeing 58 seconds. I don't think we've seen really Themyscira. We have not seen what this world is going to look like mm. once we inhabit it. And that's what's going to sell the movie. You, you show me that part of why Wonder Woman has to come to man's world, why those things have to change, why she needs to spread love and mm. compassion and the rest of it here, and then why she does those small human things that really, to me, stood out more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Just what Stephanie's saying, the yeah. little hat moment that there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a real character there and not just a warrior. Yeah. So... That's what I'm I'm hoping for. Cue Alicia Keys. It's a man world. It's a man's world. It, it's a man world. <laughs> it's a man world. It's a man world. James <laughs> Brown, by the way. I I meant more recently. Like she did the. Uh, that's we, the one that always comes to mind because her voice haunts me, and not in a good way. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Anti Alicia Keys. Yeah, right. Moment yeah. from Stephanie. <laughs> In America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is Canada, and our rules are different. Yeah. 
All right. So what were what are your thoughts? Oh, I kind of said when off of the CD. Oh, okay. thing. I, I think it. I I I enjoyed what what I, what I saw quite a bit. Um, those little moments you were talking about, I love I love them where she puts like the glasses on and she's looking in the mirror. <clears throat> There's just a lot of a lot going on like behind, in her face in, in that moment, mm-hmm. which I really loved. And you know, we haven't really seen a main line. I mean, I, I, a superhero movie go this far back in time. Like, th- like we we saw World War Two with Cap, but yeah. n- not World War One. Barely see any World War One movies at all because uh, we're not counting League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, I'm talking about like yeah. of the like the big the big two, two yeah. sort of universe movies. We haven't seen anything like that, so I'm excited to see them do that. I, I think it offers up something different from mm-hmm. from what you would you know most likely see, and I and I think in a lot of ways it it also. Um, even though it's obviously coming out after the first time we're going to see her, I, I like I do have I do like this idea that when she kind of shows up in that movie, she's going to have kind of seen it all already at this point. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I, it makes me hope that there's she kind of gives uh, shape and context to what's going on in that movie in a way. And this interesting to see her backstory. So um, shows up to say enough already. Why are you guys fighting? Exactly. Exactly. So we'll, we'll see about that, but yeah, so uh, good stuff. That was, it was a pretty big, uh, good night for them. I think they got a lot of positive buzz coming, uh, coming out of that night. Uh, And they showed that little bit of uh, concept art for uh, green lantern core and they showed John Stewart and, and, and everything in it. So that's, that's exciting to me. Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about some some comic books. All right, let's go into a let's do a lightning round, as as I like to call it. Um, this new thing here, uh, <laughs> Joey. We're gonna oh God. we're gonna start with you. No pressure. You have, oh God. You have three minutes, and go. Okay, uh, got a couple of books to talk about. Um, the first one I want to talk about is Amazing Forest Number One from IDW. I uh, reviewed the book last week for the site. Um, I really like the book. It's a it's a franchise, not a franchise, an anthology book um, by Eric Freitas and Ulysses Farinas, um, with four separate stories. First one is Tank, art by Julian Defoe. The second one is Wolf Mother, art by Matt Rhoda. Uh, Ronnie the Robot is the third story, with art by Melody Often, and then Birdwatcher is the fourth story with art by Yumi Sakagawa. Um, the tagline for the book is Tales for the Bold, Ideas for the Strange, Wicked Concepts that Stir the Minds of Those with Darkness in Their Hearts, a modern anthology that lends itself to a time when stories were short and ugly. Uh, and it really holds true to that. It's very kind of Twilight zone Um the stories are kind of some are very sci-fi apocalyptic others are there's a story wolf mother is like medieval with werewolves and then ronnie the robot is this adorable story um in like a future but it's like a rural future kind of looper style and the last story is this surreal the guy is watching an owl and the owl has his face and he follows the owl face and it's it's nuts. Um, it's a really cool book, really cool anthology, really holds true to that tagline. I had qualms with it because of the pricing structure. I know you guys have talked about it on the show the last couple of weeks. Um, but I had problems because IDW put the book out for um, $3.99, I think, which is appropriate. It's a hardcover, it's distribution, whatever. But it's available digitally for 99 cents. Oh. And I, I get that and I get the difference there, but um, it's available digitally from Monkey Brain because it was released a few years ago. Mm. So I, I just had questions about, you know, 
why keep that 99 cent version up on the site and then try to sell it for 399 also digitally uh, there's just something about that that was a little weird and i know you've been talking about pricing so i yeah. wanted to bring that up. Um, the other book is uh, Patsy Walker, Hellcat, but not Patsy Walker, AKA Hellcat from <laughs> Kate Leth, Poca, as I like to call it. Uh, this is Patsy Walker, Hellcat from 2008, written oh. by Catherine Amonin with art by David LaFuente. Um, I loved Kate Leth's Poca, number one. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to like go back and like read more Patsy Walker, especially after Bob's, uh, Bob's kind of um, history that he did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and Marvel Unlimited has like a explore Patsy Walker stuff. And they have the stuff from the 70s and everything. But then I saw the Catherine Amonin book and I was like, Catherine Amonin, she's a pretty crazy lady. She's got a quirky <laughs> sense of humor. So I, I started reading the book and it's like – the forefather to what Kate Leth is, or foremother, excuse me, to what Kate Leth is uh, doing with Pokemon number one. Uh, very quirky, very funny. The premise, I'll just say really quickly, is Iron Man after Civil War is like, hey, Patsy Walker, you're the superhero team for Alaska. Go make some magic happen. And uh, it's very funny. A lot of the humor kind of anticipates what happens with in Kate Leth's book. Um, so it's nice to see that that character lends itself to that kind of humor. Uh, so, yeah, I really like that one, too. Patsy Walker Hellcat from 2008. Awesome. Great job, Joey. A change-up. <laughs> it's not just me anymore, man. Yeah, he, he went over like 10 seconds, not like five <laughs> minutes. Okay, that's the difference. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, all right. Stephanie. Hello. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. You've got three minutes and a go. I really don't have a lot to talk about. Um, Great. I, I don't recall if anyone had Batgirl on their list. Um, but I just very quickly wanted to say, I didn't love this issue. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um, Babs isn't on the art this time. It's somebody and Moritat. And like, it looks so rushed. Like, the faces are all smooshed together. It's like... Like, what are those rage comics? It looks like some of the faces are like those, but like colored better. Um, I I wasn't a big fan of the art uh, in the second half, especially. Um, not great. The story, interesting. It kind of felt like a fill-in issue, though. So, um, obviously, I love Batgirl. I love what they've been doing with the book so far. So I'm going to keep reading it. Um, but. This one was a bit like so-so for me. Um, my friend Kaylin introduced me to this book called Tomboy um, from Action Comics. And I it's just, I, I'd never heard of it before. And he was like, you'll really like it. Like, check it out. And I did, finally. It has a really anime-ish kind of cover to it. And I had no idea what this book was about. Just went in blind because Kaylin told me that I would like it. And it's freaking great. Um, it's about this girl. It's her birthday. Um, she finds out uh, that her best friend, um, her best friend shows up dead on her birthday. And how inconsiderate. Yeah, it's he's murdered. He's been murdered. Um, and some kind of. Some other shit goes down. Um, obviously, she's not feeling too great about that. Um, her dad is the lead, uh, like, um, medical examiner for the, um, for 
the police, the official shenanigans, investigation, words. Um, and he's the one that has to kind of, you know, be like, oh, God, like, what's what's happening? What do we do? How how do I proceed with this? Um, anyways, um, she finds out that she has some sort of. You know, some there's there's some stuff going on. This this is billed as a book that um magical magical girls in it. Um so something happens, she shows up back at home all covered in blood. Um so me thinks maybe this is a tale of revenge in the form of a cool magical girl, you know, slicing and dicing. It's really cool. Uh, the second issue is also out. I don't know if the third issue is also out, but uh, I highly recommend checking it out. All right. What was that called again, Stephanie? Uh, Tomboy. From oh, one word. From Action I, Lab? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm going to look at me clicking Tomboy comic because I don't know who did the art. Um, but while you're clicking, I felt kind of the way you did about Batgirl. Not so much about the art, though it did look scratchier, I think the way I would describe it. It seems as if this storyline is running back around again to where we began this story. Mm. I don't want to spoil too much here, but a plot point from before about Barbara's memory is mm-hmm. now the plot point again. And that's a, too often, too mm. soon a little bit, but it, look, we'll see how it plays out because so far we've had a year's worth of these issues basically and they've been great. So mm. right, pause. It's just a pause. Mm-hmm. It's one of the yeah, t- just, top 10 comics like filler, of 2015. Yes, it is. <laughs> mm? I said it's one of the top 10 comics of 2015, Batgirl. Right. Yeah, man. Deservedly it's, so. <laughs> and so this is, okay, so the warning label on the front of Tomboy says, warning, this book contains violence, blood, murder, madness, and magical girls. <laughs> so there's that. It's uh, the story and the art's done by Mia Goodwin. Ah. Um, mm. And she's, she's worked on Princeless, uh, if you need reference for that. Um, and the variant cover, um, this will pique Steve's interest, um, was done by Jennifer Eli, uh, who worked on Box Trolls. Aha! Um, so, yeah, they also say in the, um, blah, 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 the information here that it would be perfect for fans of Batgirl and Spider-Gwen. See? I did this on purpose. One to the other. <laughs> Segway. Yeah, let's pretend that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Tomboy. 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 Yep. All right. Steven. Save using my full name here. Am I in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> you know my middle name too? Yeah. Do you know my middle name? It's it's uh, Robert. Yeah. We have uh, another another quasi Bob in it the It is, mix. right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, all right. You have three minutes and go. So I picked up a digital comic at the recommendation of our friend uh, Lauren from David Prudholm called Cruising Through the Louvre. Uh He describes this much better than I could, so I'm just going to read this quick little blurb. Uh, Author David Prudhomme meanders through the Louvre, feeling as if in the panels of a giant comic while he himself is creating his own. In this institution, all manner of people from all over the world rub elbows quietly. So he decides to cruise through the Louvre at a quick pace, not to look at the art, but to observe the people and their interaction with it. He discovers a group of students somehow stuck together, just like the shipwrecked of the raft of the the Medusa, a man behind the sea 
to describe as if attempting to read over his shoulder. In the Hall of Antiquities, a woman uh, placing her head in a lion's mouth. For two hours, Prudhomme is witness to a strange, silent, and casual choreography danced in the midst of one of the most prestigious museums in the world. So, uh, what Cruising Through the Louvre is, is kind of a... It has... um, dialogue to it but uh most of the dialogue actually takes place on the author making his way through the louvre and answering his cell phone every now and again he has a friend that they walked into the louvre together she went to go check something out he went to go check something out in another room and they lost one another and the idea is that he is now distracted by this job that he has where he's supposed to be creating a comic and he decides that he's going to use the people that are you know inside of the Louvre that day and put them in the comic. So what you have here is a collection of various rooms from the Louvre and kind of snapshots from his memory of people interacting with and, you know, appreciating the art. And he noticed after a couple of hours of walking around just how much people kind of mimic what they see. So if somebody's like looking at something and after a few minutes start to lean a certain way to look at the Mm -hmm. painting a different way, they look exactly like the person in that painting. And so he finds a bunch of different examples of this and kind of captures it in the art and uh, brings you through at least a a decent portion of this famous museum. And uh, you get to just see all the quirky ways in which people kind of react to art and are kind of art themselves. Um, so if you're into like picturesque comic books that don't have like a lot of detailing and a lot of dialogue and stuff like that, and you want to just appreciate something for kind of its, its simplistic beauty, if you will. I mean, these are not Louvre style, um, drawings and comic book art. It's kind of rough, but it's, it got this kind of, um, like sketchy charcoal. Um, who's the one that, um, who did the art for the original Adams family? Charles Adams. Yes. Very, very Charles Adams uh, in a way. Um, So that's Cruising Through the Louvre. Uh, Very cool. I found that digitally. I used all three of my minutes on that thing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You did. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Bob. You totally did. Ah, Next week. Look, it was was worth talking about, obviously. It was neat. It It was one of those things where it's like a friend recommends it to you. You look it up and you're like... Yeah, like I could, you know, I didn't buy much this week. I could afford that. I grabbed it. It took me maybe seven minutes to read it, 10 minutes to read it. Three minutes to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently I'm done. (laughs) Super meta, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bob. Okie dokie. Three minutes. And go. Well, Insects number two is from Aftershocks Comics, and that new company has shown a great propensity for attracting top-notch creative talent doing interesting and personal work. And that's certainly what's on display here. Marguerite Bennett's fascinating story and strong characterization combined with the beautiful artwork of Ariella Cristantina. I think I did that right. Uh, and uh, Brian Valenza have made this a really stellar read so far. Uh, in the first issue, we uh, those events, Lady Lolita Bertram and her nanny Mariah are moving out into the larger world, and the dialogue mentioned no walls can imprison us, no traditions can keep us caged, and that allegory of their broken chrysalis and the coming of the modern woman out of the Victorian age is quite telling. Then there's Secret Six, which finishes up the Black Alice White Gate story arc, or does it? 
because with a title like Secret Six, not everything is going to be revealed to everyone, is it? So just another great issue by Gail Simone and Dale Egersham. Really creepy, magical stuff going on there. Speaking of Ms. Simone, her Vertigo title, Clean Room, had its fourth issue released this week. And this series continues to go down some really dark and twisty corridors. As this has progressed, we've moved past what seemed to be the, the initial premise, that of journalist Chloe, Chloe Pierce exposing self-help guru Astrid Mueller. And now it's something with some really sinister underpinnings as to the nature of everyone's personal demons. Now, finally, after hearing so much about it around here, I picked up volume one of I, Zombie by Chris Roberson and Michael Laura Allred. And I'm I'm absolutely hooked. I mean, a zombie gravedigger who needs to eat brains to stay kind of human, and her running mates are a go-go booted '60s era ghost and a wear terrier. <laughs> you can't keep me away from this. I picked up uh, volumes two, three, and four at a local store, Androids oh, wow. Comics, for five dollars each. Nice. Someone had turned them in, so I'm I'm like I zombied up. So I want to thank. Wait every... until you get to the dead presidents. <gasps> No spoilers. I just, oh, that's it. That's I, yeah, all I'm saying. I, I just enjoyed the heck out of this and can't wait. And even, I, I should start now, but I want to spread it out a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to waste it all right away. Just it's hard not to it. binge things that you really like, and, and especially when you actually have the material. Yep, sitting right there. So, I, Zombie, you should all go pick these up. I should uh, I should loan you my season one box set of the of the show. Is it on it's DVD? It's so good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it if it's on Blu-ray, I can't watch it. No, it's on, no, it's, it's on, on the, the, it actually didn't come out on Blu-ray, uh, I don't think. That can't be true. Kicking it old school. Come on. I don't think yeah. that's true at all. I VHS. Can't it's only on VHS. Oh, oh, yeah. Laserdisc, it it's on Laserdisc. Um, and I caught up with uh, season two over the, the winter storm break that we- uh, I saw a couple of episodes and I really enjoyed it, but they've gone all off of uh, On Demand. Hmm. Oh yeah? They, they come right off. Yeah, there's it's enough like up there. Two weeks yeah. later, they just knock them off. I could tell you if my if my Amazon app was working, but it's uh, not. I'll look it up. So, but thank you everyone for recommending iZombie. Cool, awesome. And Bob had like fifty seconds left, so everyone everyone. <laughs> That's shame. with our interruptions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I guess I guess it's me then. It's my turn. Uh, put three minutes on the clock, and I will go. I'm only going to talk about one book. Uh, let's talk about Batman uh, Forty Eight really quick. Um, so we are uh, we're rumbling down the pipeline here. We talked about this last week in some ways, and it's now come out kind of even more assuredly that probably around fifty two, he's gonna they're gonna be done and, and done with that book. Uh, there's some rumors about what's gonna happen next, uh, but nothing nothing set yet. I'm sure it will be tied in with something whatever DC Rebirth ends up being. Um, but uh, Batman forty eight, we're still we're we're nearing the end of the super heavy storyline, and. and uh, we're getting very, we're really in the the part of kind of the Scott Snyder Batman arc where kind of everything is at its worst and, you know, how are our heroes going to come back from where they are? We have interesting revelations about the nature of who Mr. Bloom Ooh. may or may not be and the, the sort of gambit that, that he's running. But, you know, m much more than that, the book is a, an interesting kind of treatise and a different take on... A conversation and a rivalry we've seen thousands of times before in, in Batman comics and there's just a lot of stuff about the nature of 
why th- things get done and and if if you change something for the good and then it it eventually goes back the way it was before what's the point in in changing it for the good in the first yeah. place and there's a lot of between two characters one of which you'd expect that from another one of which you would not expect that mm. from at all uh very interesting great great stuff um you know both of them continue to be at the top of their game i believe 49 is i think Raphael albuquerque is doing a fill-in issue um and that because he's giving they're giving a couple an extra month to draw 50 so uh so that will be uh, next month but it's it's a really great great issue and the last kind of panel is is really stirring in, in sort of several ways and uh snyder kind of draws on his sort of horror acumen to sort of almost paint this last scene you know as like something bad's coming through the door but it's kind of a twist on on that on that sort of idea it's a great issue and this whole arc has been really wonderful and i can't wait to see how how it all wraps up uh, and what what this all means i can't wait to find out who mr bloom actually is at this point but great great book great great issue and uh scenario Campulo continue to do a, a wonderful job so batman number 48 is my book i was talking about here for the lighting round yep Raphael albuquerque huh i think next week yeah. uh, next month yeah it's Raphael albuquerque so I, if if we're moving into the horror mm-hmm. vein who better to do a <laughs> yeah 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 we'll, we'll see we'll see uh but yeah i, I think it's it's great stuff great great stuff so that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other books I read will be talked about on, in other sections of this of this oh. show. So uh, Trivia? Uh, all right. Yeah, trivia. <laughs> <laughs> what book did Bobby read this week? <laughs> the, the, mm. It's good trivia. You can just look at my iPad. Uh, all right. So uh, let's talk about some other books, kind of more in depth without without this time limit on it. Uh, Bob, you mentioned Mike Allred before talking about iZombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, I think, you know, at least a large section of this table is kind of one of their favorite books of last year. New number one. Um, did Silver Surfer number one sort of live up to the to the return for you? And more. Okay. Here, because what is, as crazy and cosmic as everything is, the book is about the power of imagination. Hmm. And whether that's Dawn daring to dream outside and wanting to travel and finally getting to do that or what's going on back at home here we the bad guys who aren't really bad guys before you get into some more general i'll go a little more specific they come to earth to steal our greatest resource and it literally is fiction and Mm -hmm. art and all the things that can be imagined by the energy of imagination and it is pulled off in such a beautiful way with the words and certainly with Michael Laura Allred's art. And it, it just, in, in one issue, encapsulated everything that all the previous issues have been about. And that's just knocking a first issue out of the park. Is this a great jumping on point for someone who's never read this before? I'm not particularly sure. <laughs> but if you're willing to, if, if someone who hadn't read this before was willing to start here and move backwards and outwards, as as the cover says, anywhere and everywhere, hang on. <laughs> this is what you do, and just go for the ride. Like These that. characters are just so amazing. You know, Dawn, the Silver Surfer and Dawn, they're trying to stop the Hordax, because they're, they're the people who are coming, as we start the issue off, 
Um, they're broadcasting Earth, as all the aliens do. They always want to go on television, radio, and we are invading and we're doing all this <laughs> terrible stuff. And Dawn breaks in so she can say hi to her mom, uh, to her, her father and sister. Hi, we're coming home. We'll be home soon. See ya. Kisses. Goodbye. It's those little, it's silliness, but it's so smart and winning, you can't help but be captivated and how it plays itself out and, and how do you face every protagonist ever? And they do, as the fictional characters come to life. And help comes from an unexpected source. What does everyone else think before I could I could sit here and wax rhapsodic for the next three hours about the Silver Surfer? So um, before I say I was wrong, there is no iZombie zombie Blu-ray. So um, okay. for whatever reason, that's a crazy that's a crazy thing to me that they wouldn't do that. But uh, um, I absolutely agree with you, especially in respect. It's a horrible first issue for anyone who hasn't read Silver Surfer to jump in on. <laughs> Horrible. I mean, it's just, it's in the middle of everything, right? I mean, there's some sort of like, you know, we were in space, now we're back here, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, as far as like the series sort of continuing, it's really a kind of direct continuation from what happened mm -hmm. in, in, in the previous issues. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I love... One of the things that I love most is... This idea of like, let's take all of these different things from like fiction and bring them to life into the real world in some sort of way. Yeah. And that's done here, which which is automatically makes me feel love for, for the book. And yeah, of course, it's stunning to look at. So it's, it's, it's a great issue. It's one of those things where it's not a... Nor should be. It's not a reinvention of, of what it came before. Mm -hmm. And it's not really a jumping on point. Um, it's only a number one because of the sort of company-wide sort of dictum there it had to be a new number one but other than that i mean it's it's a great issue of a great book so i i'm really excited that it's just still continuing and, and still gonna keep going Amen. on yeah steve did you get a chance to read it i did not you did not all right nope. um i have it though all right and anyone else at the table get to read uh silver surfer yeah. Not yet. No. All right. <laughs> Don't say not yet, Joey. Like you're gonna read it. All right. Don't try. I really liked because uh, I I read all the issues for um the best of show and mm -hmm. I loved it. The book was fantastic. So yeah, it's one of the books that I do want to jump on for the all new, all different Marvel stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, only three ninety trolling. Yeah, only three ninety nine. <laughs> Seventeen dollars. <laughs> yep. uh, near the end, those for, for us old timers, that planet we see. Mm. Those guys? Yeah. Those are important folks. Okay. From Fantastic Four number 24. That's the infant terrible. He's a little kid. <laughs> Fantastic Four made friends with them. All right. <laughs> as they did. Good yes, to know. as you had to do back then. Good to know. Um, Can't make friends with anyone anymore. They're not in the books anymore. Stephanie. <laughs> hey. 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 What is Mean hey. Girls Club? So, let me tell you. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, anyways, so No Brow Press um, has been sending me these things for a while and they've been sitting on my shelf and I am so sorry. I keep meaning to read them. Anyways, I finally got around to reading one that I'd been super, super excited about. Uh, no Brow sent me a catalog a little while back and I saw this book, which is by uh, Ryan Heshka. Um, and it's like basically a sort of story about you kind of see these badass pinups and um, he's kind of put a story to it. Um, I say kind of because it really doesn't follow a very 
Something got weird. Yeah, something got really weird. You just went a little possessed on me, Stephanie. <laughs> um, <laughs> can everyone hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, anyways. Uh, oh, kids are getting back at me. Uh, so you're really going to want to buy this mostly for the art. I mean, the story I found a lot of fun, but the art is the big drawing factor for me here. But you have characters that are called um, Pinky, Sweets, Blackie, McQuailud, Wendy, and Wanda. So they're the Mean Girls Club. Um, the official description says, a menacing powerhouse of ruthless rebels, like a cruel pink and black plague. These subvers- sub- subversive sirens seek out the innocent and the weak, feeding on pure fear. Intoxication, vice, adrenaline. Witness a meeting of the Mean Girls Club, but don't expect to live to tell about it. And it shows what they do at their Mean Girls Club. And, (laughs) you know, in their little clubhouse, um, (laughs) Wendy's got an eye patch. Blackie's got like a unibrow. She's drinking. She's got a pistol. (laughs) Wanda's got a club, because why not? McQuailud's just shooting guns and kicking chairs over. It's great. It's great. Um, Basically, from there, they just go on these (laughs) intoxicated adventures throughout their city and wreak havoc on those around them, like the boss-ass ladies they are. Um, And it all comes to a conclusion, and that's like their meeting. Like It's just like a typical night out for the girls. Um, but again, like the thing that's the best thing about this book is the amazing pinup art. Like it's just so visually stunning. It'll take you like maybe five minutes to read. Um, and I know some people were like, there's not really a story here. I was reading like the, um, like the reviews on Goodreads and most people are like, fuck yeah, this book, uh, girl power, what? This is badass. And then like one girl is like, I don't get it. <laughs> There's like not really a story here. Um, and that's kind of the point. Like it's just, yeah, it's really, really cool. Look it up. Um, from No, Bow- no Brow Press, um, Mean Girls Club and Ryan Heshka's art. Like go look at Ryan Heshka's art. And if you aren't sold on trying to check out this book based on that alone like it won't be for you but if you like his stuff this is a whole book filled with that kind of awesome all right well they can check out this week's covers of the week because i have selected mean girls club as one of my (laughs) picks for covers of the week so his art's really cool right bob yeah absolutely it was very much that that 50 sort of paperback Mm. Tough girl sort of cover that used to be all over Jackie Turner's bathroom. True. I was just um, thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. He uh, has there's there's um um a cutout dolls section in this too. Oh perfect. And you can get like a big print of it, but um yeah. Very nice. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And it's five ninety five. I know you can get it on, on the No Brow Press website, nobrow.net. Um Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm, how else it's available, but that's the way I found. I don't. I'm assuming some stores. Yeah. Maybe like for instance, like in Toronto, like the Beguiling would probably carry this. Mm. Um, not really like a sort of mainstream store, but like I'd say, like if you're in like Chicago area, check out Challengers. Um, right. I, any ones that carry um, 
zines and things like mm-hmm. that are a little out of the norm. All right. Awesome. McQuaylude. Yeah, her <laughs> name is McQuaylude. Got me there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had me at McQuaylude. <laughs> I know. I, that is like word for word exactly what I posted on Twitter when I was opening the book. I'm like, this book had me at McQuaylude. Imagine ordering that mm. at a McDonald's. <laughs> the, the you get arrested, I think. Take the McQuaylude, man. Depends on the McDonald's. Um, <laughs> that one on 3rd Street in Greenwich Village by yeah, 6th yeah. Avenue. You could definitely get one there. So when I was looking over, I wrote down all the names of all the books everyone wanted to talk about. And um, I was like, oh, I don't know what the Mean Girls Club is. And then I was like, I have no idea what the hell Steve's thing is. <laughs> Especially it says number two. Like, it's a... It's a weird Jesus. thing to do, and now I uh, now I realize what it is because of the conversation before we had the podcast. But I was like, I don't even what the what is Steve going to be talking about today? <laughs> what, the hell? what the hell is Princess Cyrene? Yes, versus the world. Princess Cyrene versus the world, episode two. Episode two, not issue two. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to write to James and, uh, yeah. and tell him what's up. Uh, so the deal with this is um, my girlfriend's cousin. Uh, his name is James Davis. He is, he gave me a copy of Princess Cyrene versus the World number one sometime, I believe it was early last year. So unless he's had a birthday since then, he's only nine or 10 years old. And he's taking a liking to making comics uh, after seeing several things. And so every now and again, I will get something in my mailbox <laughs> from him and from his mom. And he knows that we have this podcast. And, and so he thinks I'm a, a much bigger deal than I actually am. And she and I'm sure you let him believe that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I call I, I, I call the kid. It's like Santa Claus, you know. So um, I uh, my girlfriend came to visit for my birthday and and in her in her bag, she brought along a copy of the second issue of his book. And um what his book the, the premise of his book is is pretty much like your your average um your average boy 9 10 years old who discovers that a friend of his is uh, a princess from another world and they basically wind up in all of these kind of kooky haphazard sci-fi style adventures together and so issue number 2 has has landed in my lap and it's been an interesting experiment and an interesting read for me in that when I got issue number one, I wrote James a long email, like detailing things that I, I liked about his, his story and his characters. I mean, you need to like trying to keep it in perspective that he's nine to 10 years old. You know, right. we're not talking a big time comic book artist. This is a kid doing what he wants to do the way that he thinks a comic should be made. I got to tell you, there is definitely some talent in this comic. Like, but I was having Bob look through it earlier. And I mean, the artwork is, you know, is very basic, but it's got this kind of, uh, if you've ever seen from Nickelodeon, the Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, so Fairly Odd Parents kind of meets uh, Scott Pilgrim in its like facial expressions and stuff like that. But this kid has got more expressiveness in these like 12 pages than I've ever ever had in any of my drawings that I do and I'm in my you know mid 30s now and I've been drawing for years and I love kind of the you know we talk about the cinematic nature of comics and where you can put the perspective or the camera to get certain you know angles and stuff like that 
And even from the first issue into this one, he's starting to do that. And he's starting to, you know, if, if, a, if a character is upset, he'll do a close up on their face and you see them like biting their lip and their eyes kind of twitching back and forth. There's disappointment in the faces now. There's joy. There's malevolence. Uh, we now have a villain in the story that's like kind of this masked hoodied uh, creature like person who's kind of watching the the pair from afar and, you know, throwing a wrench into the works anytime that they, they start to, to solve the mystery and get any closer to him. And um, like even through these little panels, you get to see this friendship start to blossom and, and start to form in these two characters that he's created and just looking at this and knowing where it's coming from this is the second time that i've been you know impressed with with what this kid has to offer and what he has to show with no like no drawing classes nobody sitting down with him and teaching him he just he took the notes the few things that i that i had said to him and of course i put it you know very plainly in in ways that he could read it and understand it and I could see a reflection of some of the things that I talked to him about in this issue. And apparently, uh, from according to his mom, he's already working on uh, issue three. And he's got all these ideas. I mean, we even go into, like, we go into a big sci-fi compound in this one. We go into a dream sequence um, that was cleverly disguised for about two panels. And then we find out that it's actually a dream sequence. There's this weird, like, mustachioed, uh, monocled, like human Mr. Peanut dude running around. There's grappling guns and stuff. And it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of imagination. And uh, it just, I didn't have a whole lot of time to read stuff. And it was one of those things like, oh yeah, right. She gave me this. And I picked it up right before I left for the show. And it put a huge smile on my face. And it really kind of gives me hope for for you know future generations down the road that are interested in making comics that if this kid keeps going with this stuff i mean he could he could be somebody that is talked about down the road if he sticks with it you should take pictures of it and put some yeah. of it up so people yeah. can know what you're talking about because there's no other way people are ever going to be able to see no what no no yeah no i have i have like <laughs> literally about not being able to find no brow yeah, press yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um exactly but i also incredible. one one more quick word about it that i i absolutely love about james and i actually asked him about this there's only two male characters in his series so far, and he named the series after the after the princess. And I asked him. I said, "Why?" I said, "I noticed you have a lot of you know girls in your mm -hmm. in your comics." And he said, "Well, I'm friends with a lot of girls in my class. They look at my stuff and they Aww. they like to read my stuff." I said, "That's really awesome." And he goes, "And honestly, he goes, female characters are are better comic book characters." And I was like, wow. "Word I'm yeah. over here, guys." <laughs> and I just—I mean, not that that has—not that that has to be everybody's opinion, but I just—I loved—I loved hearing that coming from him, a ten-year-old mm -hmm. boy looking to to you know get into the industry when whenever he's able and he's making these little comics and stuff. That that sort of representation and that sort of thing is already important to him, and he already recognizes that. It, it needs to be there for the comic to be good. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I loved, I loved hearing that. Like I, I talked with his mom afterwards. I was like, you nurtured the shit yeah. out of this <laughs> talent of his. Like, Don't you fall asleep on, on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I look forward to, to seeing more stuff from him. And it's, you know, it's a treat that like, even if I get one of these once a year, it's one of those like, ah, mm -hmm. and then you go to like, well, Hey, 
Mm-hmm. This is not not that bad. <laughs> no, uh, what I found fascinating when I was that age, we all drew everything was side to side. Uh, <laughs> heroes fighting with each other. Whatever we all did, I went up in my attic room and and you drew comics. Mm-hmm. What he has here. He actually has page layouts where the action moves from panel to panel through the panels. Yeah. He shifts from master shots and two shots to close-ups and back. As Steve said, we have dream sequences and oddball sort of reversals and whatever. It is someone who's been paying attention to the comic books he's reading and he is applying that lesson. That's his class. He's looking at how the form is done. Yeah. And, and, And putting it out there for himself. And it is it is... Charming to see someone who is is going very old school with with sort of Kirby esque six six panel mm-hmm. per page grids, <laughs> and not going for you know what we all did as a little kid, and that's that's that shows an advancement in technique that again it's it's yeah. something that has to be nurtured and kept after. But I there's there's something really interesting happening there. Look the page you have here. Look you 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 changing camera angles each time yeah and six different panels on the pages six wow. different camera angles and like the the one of the the coolest things that I, I thought about this is um he's got kind of like a city above the world where this villain's hanging out kind of like a like his own version of adelon yeah and it's like these like you know geometric patterns and shapes to to make it up and he's got this wide wide shot of it and it's all these different um like monoliths pushed together that's the beginning of somebody who wants to, you know, build yeah. worlds. You know, we, we go to three different locations in this. It's got action. It's got jokes. It's got villains. I mean. It's got mustaches. Yeah, it's got mustaches. It's old. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's all there. Um, so, you know, even obviously he's not my cousin, but I can't help but feel like a little bit of pride in in this and watching the, the progression of this kid making comics and uh Super, super cool treat, and it was definitely, it was my favorite comic book-related thing that I picked up this week. All right, cool. So cool. All right, Joey. Um, Tell me about Faith, number one. Let me do my Uh, thing, uh, Joey. Come on. Come on. Get in the room. already causing trouble. Fake out Faith. All right. I I liked Faith a lot. It comes out today. You gotta have it. (gasps) Yes. So. That's okay. Tell people why they should go out and buy it. Thank you, Bob. All right. Uh, Faith, number one, it comes out today from uh, Jody Hauser as a writer. Francis Portel is the artist. Marguerite Sauvage does some fantasy sequence art. Um, Andrew Dalhouse is on colors and Dave Sharp's The Letterer. It's from Valiant Comics, which was really cool for me to pick up a Valiant comic. I had read um, Dr. Mirage for the shows a couple of weeks ago and this was the first Valiant book since then and makes it the second Valiant book that I've ever read in my life. <laughs> really enjoyed the character. Uh, Faith Herbert is um, spins out of Harbinger, which is another Valiant series. Um, she's just digging being a superhero, man, and, and what she's doing now in her kind of solo book uh, that she's headlining uh, is she's breaking out and she's trying to you know, model her life after the heroes and characters that she loved when she was younger. She gets a job or she wants a job as a journalist and maintains a secret identity and fights crime. Um, It's really cool. Um, Obviously, the character has kind of gotten a lot of press and attention in the media and the kind of culture of comics, uh, headlining her own book and also kind of being one of the uh, more prominent plus-size heroines. Uh, which is really cool. Um, the book does a really good job, though. Jody Hauser makes it about her and her character and doesn't kind of pander to that, like, 
defining characteristic or anything like that. So um, it's really fun. It's really cool. I don't want to talk too much about it. Hopefully you go out and, and purchase it. Um, uh, I think the writing and the character really sells it. I was a little hesitant on the artwork, but uh, um, I think it cleans up by the end. And I think that as the series goes on, I think that art will, will really settle down from Francis Portella. Um, so yeah, Faith number one. Um, I don't know if I can talk about my fake out book, but <laughs> it's whatever. This was this was the book that you had written on your. I thing. know, but then I there was a book on the lightning round that I was like, oh, maybe I should talk about it instead. And then life happened, and you know, it's you like never crazy. sent me an email. I said, oh, I want to flip those, Joey. What what's how am I supposed to know this stuff? I, it's, it's you know whatever. <laughs> It happens. Well, tell us really quick about the other book. The other book is just called The Shepherd, uh, Apocatastasis. <laughs> um, we, uh, it's by Andrea Molinari and his son, Roberto Molinari. Uh, it kind of just tied in with like what Steve was talking about. I was like, oh, it's kind of matches there. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, it's volume. It's from Caliber Comics. Really cool story. Uh, a father loses his son um, and... It's about what that the steps that that father goes to, perhaps supernaturally, to get vengeance, uh, and uh, it balances that kind of family drama and and uh, really hits the, the tragedy hard, um, and talks about responsibility and talks about what it means to to lose someone that close to you, um, and the the artwork from. Um, Ryan score showers is very Michael Lark. So it, it kind of has that noir feel. So to combine that with the supernatural and this very intense and intensely personal story, Andrea includes an essay at the beginning that talks about where he got his idea and he had like this nightmare and he told his wife about it and his wife was like, stop telling me about your nightmares. And his son was like, that sounds awesome. Let's make a comic. Uh, and how they went through that process. It, it just feels like a personal story and it's really well executed. Um, he sent us an email about a, a month ago asking if we would, you know, uh, think about reading it and maybe doing a write-up. I'm working on it. I just finished the book this week. So, um, so keep an eye out for that write-up and I'll obviously talk more about it in that. Awesome. Huh? Well, I'm glad you talked about it, Joey. There you go. See? All right. There we now, go. I took a look at Faith in the, the store across the street from my job. Uh, he had his, was putting the books out on the counter and... You know, he didn't give me the A hey, kid. What are you doing? Put those back. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't let me buy one today. So I'll talk <laughs> about it on the show because I had seen Joey's email, and it, I I thought the art was was pretty good. It was like I said, a little soft around the edges here and there in terms of it being faith. I'm talking about not yeah yeah yeah. No, I'm super excited for yeah, that book. But the story looked really engaging. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to picking it up tomorrow. Um, today. The faith, the faith character was actually when I was reading uh, the first trade of Harbinger and a little bit beyond that, she was my favorite character and, and just my favorite part mm -hmm. of that series. So I'm, I've am i been excited for, ever since the announcement of it. Yeah. I've, been, I've been super pumped for it. I'm glad to hear that you liked it, Joey. Yeah, she's so fun and there's a sincerity there, yep. but Hauser hits you with humor, but it's also, there's some stuff in here that's really um, shocking and kind of brutal too. Mm -hmm. Like it's like the reality is setting in around Faith and it's just for a first issue, it covers all of that ground. Um, Maybe with the artwork thing, just like I really like Marguerite Sauvage. So to yeah. see like jumping back and forth between the two, I'm like, oh, Sauvage is so good. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, that happened with me with um, Doctor Fate this past yeah. week, where it was uh, the first like four pages have has been the same artwork that's been consistent for all the others, and then just out of nowhere, it completely switched gears, 
and I don't know, something about it really turned me off. Well, I mean, Stephanie was talking about um, uh, Batgirl. You know, DC's had a lot of problems in the last couple of mo- a couple of months with that. There's been a lot of weird fill-ins yeah. mm-hmm. out of nowhere, and a lot of a lot of multiple fill-ins in one book. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway. Uh, Let's move on to our, our 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 shared book of the week, which is uh, Captain Marvel number one uh, from Marvel Comics. Uh, Michelle Fazekas and Tara Butters uh, are, are writing with Chris Anka and uh, Matthew Wilson uh, on art duties. Um, so yeah, so uh, this is our first time not having Kelly Sue DeConnick write Captain Marvel in a, in, a, in a very long time, and this is uh, Carol heading up um a a sword like base that mm-hmm. is that is the first line of defense against uh, alien invasions uh and a crew uh called the alpha flight that that is that is sort of under her command and she's sort of the, the commander now of this uh, of this of this station um and also on the station uh abigail brand is is, is part of the cast of characters here uh and action and and hijinks ensue yeah. f- f- from there uh you know, I, I want to ask first. Um, obviously, I want to go. To, I want to go to Bob first here, and I want to ask you, Bob. Do you think before we get into any of the plot or anything, mm-hmm. I don't want. Do you think you know a lot of people might have seen the change? The first time they ever read Captain Marvel was when Kelly Sue DeConnick was writing it, so they don't know Captain Marvel outside of of, of that voice. Uh, do you think this new crew um, was able to carry over the spirit um, of the character? Does this feel like Carol to you? Mm, yes and no. It feels sort of like a Xerox copy of that version. I mean, it's hard the, to separate, the, the, it's hard I know, to separate yourself. The detail, yeah. I, I've been reading Ms. Marvel right, I know. since of course. the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And there was a huge gap in between when, after Chris Claremont left, the book was canceled mm-hmm. all those years ago, where she wasn't handled very well. And that was decades of, right, of course. bad stuff. Uh, Kelly Sue recaptured what Chris Claremont and all those people, Jerry Conway, were trying to do at the beginning. And here, without, again, specifics we'll get to. Yeah. There's a, there's a, she's tough and she doesn't take a lot of business from people. And so th- there's those surface things. But what to me made the difference was that there are a lot of those kind of heroines in comic books. Mm, right. There was there was something else going on with Carol in that the the stories were as much about what she needed to do to overcome her own weaknesses. And it was that struggle and those and her ability to put that other stuff past her that she could then move forward. And it wasn't as much the victories over those struggles and supervillains. It was the way she did it, how that impacted and got shared with the supporting cast around her. And the small moments that came with that, with whether it was the, the people in her building and the people she was at her job with and the other Jess and, and the, the other Avengers and so on. And that may change here. We have a different supporting cast. So it is hard to say after one issue, and you're saying yes. I come, I come to this with a lot of baggage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to come to it with the same. I think your opinion is valuable here because I think a lot of people are going to come to it with that same feeling, you know. And I think it's a similar feeling that sort of Steve and I came to the new Daredevil with, in 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 a lot of ways, you know. So it's it's a tough thing to break from something you've come to love and be invested in so much and be kind of 
thrown with the same character with new with new people mm-hmm. writing that character. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, I, I I think I agree with you. Obviously, here we're dealing with a lot of with a lot of with a sort of surface level. Like, let's get to know who Carol is just on the surface at first. And I, I, I don't know if that's a function of just, this is a first issue and this is a much better first issue than the silver surfer is for, for new people. I, th- I think mm-hmm. to read, I, you know, I think that if you want to get into captain Marvel, I think there's enough here. It, 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 it cuts you off from the, the past of the character enough in this first issue where you're not constantly searching for kind of who this person is. Um, obviously, you know, where she got her power set from, stuff like that, but you don't need to re-origin the character every time you do number right. one issue. Um, but I feel like you get the sense of what her power set is and sort of her general personality in, in this thing. I was extremely surprised. Like Again, it's like one of those things where what has changed and what hasn't after Secret Wars, but the fact that Abigail Brand doesn't know who she is is, is a, a rather big change i don't know if this is a abigail brand from a different earth or or, or how that how the pizza got smushed back together when it yeah. fell off the table or whatever <laughs> um but uh, it, it was it was strange to me that she didn't know who, who she was in it but uh i really enjoyed the uh at least the beginnings of this this kind of team dynamic that that's beginning um you know this again i'm coming from it with you know, with a love for the Kelly Sudakonic, uh Captain Marvel, but I don't know anything about Alpha Flight except for the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know, and that they well, were we, Canadian. That's right. Well, <laughs> and we also don't know who these people are exactly. in this new universe. Yeah, it was right. one of the other changes, Abba, I, I said to you early yeah. on, we, we now know some of the changes in the new Marvel universe, and Abba, Abigail Brand is one, and Wendy Kawasaki, who went from... Uh, Carol's personal assistant mm-hmm. to now she's a space lieutenant. Yeah. Like, okay. So maybe <laughs> this a, spa- a promotion. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's this space station was yeah. outside or what? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows what the deal is, but something happened there. So interesting stuff happening there. And I thought the, I thought, uh, uh, it, the book looked great. I, I love oh, Chris Anka's artwork and I thought the action stuff worked. And I, I mm-hmm. liked, I liked the way Carol looked a, a lot. And I, I love the sort of meta comment on the, the haircut thing. I thought that was, that was a fun moment. Um, but I want to, I want to, I want to go around a little bit more. Um, Joey, what, what did you think? Do you think, uh, how do you think it carried over from the, the last series? I agree with, with what you and Bob are talking about. Um, I think one of the things I had jumped on for Captain Marvel with Kelly Sue and I went back and read the, the Brian Reed run from the early two thousands and, I think that what I liked about this book, um, the new number one, was I loved how it looked, like you said. um, I love the action. I just felt like it was missing, not the core of the character, because I think they have a handle of it, but a a core kind of mission for the book. Um, And we could talk about, you know, maybe it's, it it, it felt more like this is another Marvel book on the stands. And it didn't, it doesn't have that kind of, operant theme or kind of um, yeah you know there there was something about that higher further faster more mission and like the that line from that last issue one that issue one that kind of dazzled us all when 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 it debuted a few years ago with the you know we'll be the stars that we always meant to be the book felt like it had some kind of mission there and, and and some theme that carried through this did feel kind of like another action comic book which isn't bad it's entertaining it's engaging the character obviously is great it looks amazing um but it didn't necessarily distinguish itself from 
some of the other books that are coming out and some of the other books that do have that distinct messaging or, or mission. Um, and that kind of speaks to a handful of things. Now maybe Captain Marvel has arrived and it can kind of fit into that kind of echelon of like, these are the books that this is what they are, like an Avengers book and the Captain Marvel book, whatever. Um, but it just, it didn't have, like Stephanie said, that um, that spark for me. Mm. Um, it looked great. And obviously I love the character, but it just kind of felt a little, you know, what did you say, Bob? A, a Xerox copy, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, Stephanie, what about you? Um, I didn't love it. I I liked it, but Kelly Sue at this point in time is not just the Captain Marvel writer, but she is probably one of the best, the best writers, not just as a woman. She's one of the best comic book writers out there right now. Um, And this number one needed to be outstanding for people to continue picking it up. Uh, It didn't hit that mark. Um, People were following the book for Kelly Sue. And because she wrote the character with such passion and such insight, like Kelly Sue, again, has spoken very honestly about past having addictions about her um time with her parents um was her dad in the air force bob yes Mm -hmm. yeah you know like all of this was very very personal to kelly sue and that came through in the book um she wrote this character not just as a woman writing somebody who she connected with but as a character that she saw could be something so much more um i thought that the whole let's put captain marvel in space thing like is that's getting tired let's stick her in space for two years let's not work on these relationships she has with people on earth that care about her let's stick her in space um that seemed kind of lazy to me um and i i don't know i i I think the story was good but it it'll keep the like really diehard Carol core happy, but for people that are spending the amount of money we're spending on books, it's going to be right. an easy one to drop. Right. Steve. <laughs> um, that, that core question to start out with that one, like how do you feel it? How do you feel it sort of carries over from the Kelly Sue stuff? How do you think it lives up? Um, and it's sort of not fair. It's one issue, you know. But like Joey is saying, there was something there in that first Captain Marvel issue. Maybe isn't here in this one. So right. I mean, it's uh, uh, my opinion about that in particular is a lot of of what Steph said. I mean, you're you're talking about the torch being passed from one of the greatest writers that we have currently to you know to another team mm-hmm. and them having to kind of deliver and and live up to the hype and and live up to the legacy that within just a, a few short years this reinvented character has has become an icon i mean in my estimation especially in in this book and 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 the way that she's drawn here she very much reminds me of steve rogers that this is this is like the femme steve rogers in a way um i don't think that it lives up to the pedigree i think that the the like what Joey said of it kind of feeling a little bit generic and it kind of feeling like a another heroes in space 
thing. Um, I think it's kind of hard to gauge just how much heart we're going to get out of this, uh, given that it's the first issue. Uh, I will say that when I did pick it up, I kind of had that same apprehension about it that I did, like you mentioned, Daredevil earlier, where I just... A, a series that is long-standing and very we're beholden to it right like in a long list of best things that we've ever read those things would mm -hmm. be on there so i went into this with that same like trepidation and just being like all right and i i liked it more than i thought i was going to um i think the the situation for carol as far as as being um kind of this captain of the spaceways is uh, a little bit of a strange uh decision but i do like the mystery that is kind of that kind of unfolds throughout the comic and particularly uh the last panel i think makes for an interesting cliffhanger and in that i definitely want to see what happens next uh i like the fact that carol is still maybe not in all ways but in some ways still carol in that she kind of has taken, everybody keeps telling her that this job that she's taken is a desk job. And she finds a way to get herself involved with the case or with, with, with whatever situation that is, you know, befallen this crew. She's there. She's in the action. She's not, con she's not content to just sit and delegate things from a table inside the ship. She has to be out there. So that aspect of Carol and that like adventurous nature and wanting to feeling a responsibility for protecting the people and the only way that she can do that is if she is there in spirit and in body fighting the good fight and all of that stuff uh i absolutely did not expect for abigail brand to show up there's something about her character i really liked uh when secret wars uh was going on the siege mm -hmm. mini that came yeah. out and and some of the, the things that i've seen her in beforehand was she in uncanny x-force no, no she, she was she's in an something. astonishing X-Men, the Whedon stuff. She's a big she character. showed up throughout the X-Books. Okay, yeah, she jumped yeah. in and out, yeah. I don't know a whole lot about her. She's awesome. But yeah, whenever she, awesome. she shows up, I'm like, I'm kind of jazzed mm -hmm. to, like, to learn more about her. And just, there's something about her, uh, her by-the-bookishness. She does it in a certain cool manner that I really dig. So when I saw her walk into this book, I was like, oh, what? That's mm. <laughs> really cool. And then the whole idea of Alpha Flight or this version of Alpha Flight mm. being the team, that's another thing that like, I've heard that before, but I never, I never looked into it. Now some iteration of them is in this book. And because I'm reading this book, I'll get a taste of what, you know, Alpha mm. Flight is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, there is a cameo from a character outside of, uh, well, not really outside of the Captain Marvel uh, universe, but uh, just little, little. while I didn't love everything, there were little surprises throughout the issue, enough to keep me engaged in it and to, to keep me optimistic about the new team. It's not perfect, mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not going to be Kelly Sue's Captain Marvel. Like that is for now, unless she comes back to the book down the road, that's over mm -hmm. and it has its place in like my own personal comic book history and i love it i will always love it um i want to try to not be so hard-nosed when it comes to, to to the passing of the torch i mentioned the thing with scott snyder eventually leaving batman the switch in daredevil like these things if we keep going with these books and these characters these things are going to happen mm -hmm. yeah. and i'm i'm trying not my best not to jump the gun and be super defensive about how i believe 
a character should be written, especially when the person who introduced me to that character is so damn good. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to hold people that are trying to make their mark against people that have made it and made it big feels a little bit harsh. Yeah, but I mean, what you, what you're, but they took on the assignment of the book knowing full well who right. they were following up. And it's not like when Kelly Sue started, she was... Kelly, Kelly Sue, Sue yeah. you know, yeah. she was she was a relative nobody. Uh, and she even said that if you listen to that first interview we had with her, you know, mm-hmm. she she's like, nobody knows who I am. <laughs> you know, right. So yeah. so I, I think that there's obviously every chance for that to happen. Now, I, I'm sort of on the same page with all you guys. Like, I, I, I thought it was a perfectly enjoyable comic book. Like, I had a good time with it. I laughed a couple of times. I liked a couple of, like, the, inti- like, the, oh, uh, you know, oh, like, you know, Brand hates me. Like, that little bit. I thought that was yeah. very charming and very winning. Um... And I, I liked the the sort of way it was framed with the with the asteroids and stuff like that. I thought that was a cool framing, and the space thing. Like I agree to a point. I think that we because we've seen it like two arcs ago with with Kelly Sue when she sent her out out into space. Yeah. This is a little bit different because this is like right outside the atmosphere. I mean, she could go back to Earth really kind of whenever she wanted to in, in some way. Yeah, they make a point of mentioning that. Yeah. Um. So there's that. I, I think narratively it's a good idea because. We're, we're, it's hard to compare it enough to the Kelly Sue stuff from before with this, with this situation. But if she's in th- her sort of element with these characters that Kelly Sue basically almost created in in in, in many ways, that's an even more impossible task to do to yeah. to stack her up with with those characters. At least when you're for, for your first six issues or whatever your first arc is going to be. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Again, and like I'm saying, like I I, I my my review stands is like it's a fun comic book. But I agree with Stephanie in saying, like, it's not next month. I don't know how I'm going to react when it it pops up that that day on Comicsology. Am I going to hit buy now, or am I going to be like, yeah, I'll wait and see, you know, what how much time I have this week to to read something else. I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Uh, but I will say, you know, this team it's their first comic. They're, they're obviously the showrunners of, of Agent Carter, um, so they are very experienced as writers. Writing comics a little bit of a, a different story. I think it's a very very solid f- first book, you know. Um, and the situation is what the situation is. So it's like you you can't give them a pass because I've never written a comic book before. But I can see potential in, in what they have there. And you know, it's like one of those things where you, it's like a TV show that you watch and go, "This is a perfectly fun TV show." I don't know if I need to watch it next week, you know. So that, that's that's kind of what I feel like right now. Huh. Who knows? In six months, we might be saying. Wow, they really found their footing in that second part of the arc, and it's really enjoyable now. Will it ever be what Kelly Sue did? Probably not, but m- maybe hopefully they come to a place where, because they're not starting from a bad place, they're just starting from a sort of samey place from other mm-hmm. other books of, of its ilk. You know, well, here's the thing for me: yeah. the second arc, the second volume mm-hmm. of Kelly Sue's Captain Marvel, it was you know Carol in space, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? That though came from a different place Mm -hmm. Uh, you were instantly caught up with these people you didn't know Mm. tick and those people that she was out on her avengers mission with and that's a function of who kelly sue is as as a writer certainly but it was that's where the book was about Mm -hmm. as far out in space it was about these this new family she Mm. had created but we still had as many light years away as they were we we still flash back to the others we came home and visited for christmas and we saw Mm -hmm. tracy and the rest of it and there were those moments, the difference when you hear when she's with Rhodey, and you get that, oh, Rhodey loves me moment. Yeah, yeah. Contrast that to their parting 
the first time. It's almost basically the same scene. That was a weird right. thing to me. Just, yeah, like, there's right. a lot of right. same beats. And, yeah. and, and, as, and there it was, you, you're going to feed my cat or whatever yeah. it was. But with with what Kelly Sue DeConnick is, is best at is those small human mm-hmm. moments, no matter what else is going on. And it, it's that warmth you get spreading in your chest when you drink a nice glass of scotch. <laughs> where there's something that just, wow. And... As she's about to leave for her space mission, there's this, it's, I have it as one of my screensavers, literally so. Uh, have you ever seen a little girl run so fast that she almost falls over? Oh, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> in in that moment, every little girl flies. Oh, tears. <laughs> You're killing Joey. <laughs> and there, th- th- that's what this book has been about for the better part of three years. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can get to that. I, I, just as everyone's saying, it is not. This is not a bad comic book, but you're you're following an awesome, yeah, comic absolutely. book, and yes. it can't help but come off, yeah, as a bad copy, as a pale imitation, yeah. For now, I, I because we just came from space, mm. it, there might have been something else to do. I'm interested to see when, when you read what Al Ewing's doing with this character over in the Ultimates, mm-hmm. where their space missions are. Insane. Right. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's just a nutty book. And Carol's I hear I hear Kelly Sue's Carol Danvers mm-hmm. over there in, yeah. in three issues so far. Yeah. And I not here yet. Mm-hmm. I want to know Carol's workout routine. She's jacked. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Jacked. Seriously, what if this if this little guy is lifting those weights? <laughs> What do you think? She, she walks in there and then they get called away for something. She's ripped. She I does. want. It's from, I, it's from lifting atom bombs on that other page. I want a montage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A serious training want montage. A yeah. Captain Marvel training montage. Yeah. I do like that. I like, she looks like a soldier to me. She looks like yeah. somebody who is a soldier. And I, I like I like that, 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 she's, that she's built that way. Um, but yeah, I, again, I, I think it looks beautiful. But I, we'll, we'll see how it we'll, progresses. Yes, absolutely. We'll, I'm still buying. Yeah. And we'll see what goes yeah, on. I'm, it's, I'm in. It's funny because one. the Misfits just did, and I've only listened to the beginning. I'm sorry, Stephanie. I will catch back up later tonight. <laughs> That's the okay. Battlestar it's okay. Galactical, yeah, Battlestar yeah. Galactica. So yeah. I rewatched the original miniseries mm-hmm. and then watched the last episode just go mm-hmm. into, in case it got <laughs> talked about. I, yeah. I have, I have one. Bobby got me started. Yes, I, I, did. I was hooked instantly. <laughs> and now watching. Katie Sackhoff, mm-hmm. those first few episodes yeah. again. It's, it's uh, now all I see is Carol Danvers. <laughs> I thought I the exact same else. thing. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. I started watching. Starbuck comes on the screen, and I was like, Carol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she would be absolutely perfect for that. All right, so that's it for uh, the, the 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 shared book of the week. Um, Do we have any? I think no, we don't. I think oh, we're okay. gonna. I think we're gonna next week. We're gonna take a. We're gonna take a week off from shared book of the week. Um, we'll come up with a with a fun topic to, to talk ah. about for next week. Um, so, but now let's move on to the topic for this week, which is our our quiz show. Stephanie, oh, do you want to go over the very the very complicated rule set for it's our quiz show? So complicated. Uh, so basically what we're going to be doing is a little mini version of pub trivia. Um, so for any of you listeners who've come to Geek Trivia in Toronto, it's the same sort of thing, but we're going to do it um, where all of us are the quiz masters. So each of us are going to have a round um, and we're going to ask five questions. Um, they can be anything from sort of geek pop culture and we are going to silently write down our answers. I mean, we can obviously banter because yes. obviously it's going to be a we'll pretty banter. boring show. <laughs> Not much of a radio <laughs> show. Um, <laughs> but 
basically we're going to try and do our best to get the right answers on each other's questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys can play along as well. Obviously, this is an honor system. Yes. Uh, since we can't see if you're on your phones, Googling things or whatever. And really, the only person that you're, you know, disappointing if you cheat is you. Mm. Oh, thanks, Teach. <laughs> yeah. Epic <laughs> <laughs> universe. Now go out there and have a good game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, we don't need to keep score. Bobby's like, yes, we do. Yes, yes we, we do. do. What's the point of playing if you're not keeping score? Exactly. Um, What's the point of playing if you're not trying to win? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, it's not T-ball, right? <laughs> Trophy for everyone. None of that around here. So I'm already I, predicting I, we're going to lose, I, by the way. I feel like I want to start with Bob because he's... He was the one that really kind of started coaching me when I was doing geek trivia. He was like, let me let me show you the ropes. Let me show you some things that I did. So, like, I, I kind of think that we should kick things off with some of Bob's questions. All right. <laughs> Bobby so and Steve have, have is it gonna be this. Is that going to be some intense questions? What, I, what, what do we think? It could yeah, be. They're going to ramp up in difficulty. I, I think there okay. are, there's there's a question for everybody. Yeah. That's how I try to do things. I, so have one personally point seen, I have personally seen the progression of Bob quizzes from everyone crying because they're way too hard to being like still hard, but not like I want to I wanna cry myself to sleep hard. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I had questions that I, that I thought were common knowledge that got nobody answering in a bar of 60 people. Yeah. <laughs> Formerly known, formerly known as the Sandwich Islands, these were discovered by Captain Cook in 16-whatever-it-was. Joey? I don't know, guys. Anyone? Canary? Nope. No. Damn it. I don't remember. Hawaii. <laughs> the, the Hawaiian Islands. They were the Sandwich Islands, named for the Earl of Sandwich. That was going to be my seventh guess. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, right. here we go. Question number one. All right. I'm looking at my pen here. I'm ready to go. In, All right, here we go. In old DC continuity... Crypto is Superboy's superpowered dog. But what is the name of Supergirl's pet super cat? I know this one. I know I've heard this spoken about on this show before. Yes, I know this one. Um, But I don't know if I have any effing clue what the answer is. Dying inside. I'm off to an awesome start. <laughs> <laughs> that could be an answer. You shouldn't give out answers. Are we ready I, for I'm, question two? Or maybe we... I'm just throwing them off. Maybe it could like... be. You may already know. Okay. Question number two. Okay. The 1956 science fiction film classic Forbidden Planet is based on what play by William Shakespeare? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this you would. Right up Joey's alley right here. Yep. <laughs> Oh man! Maybe like I maybe it's one of my faves. Yeah. Again, this was another another question. I know that Bob has said because <laughs> when we did Fanboy Remix, we watched first yes, we did. Yeah. And it was a long discussion. It was a long, long discussion. Yes, that was I a good discussion. Yeah. Not about my Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question number three. Just back in comics and just discussed, the super team known as Alpha Flight was the creation of what writer artist? <laughs> oh. Damn it! This one. What, I know. Writer and artist. I think I writer got that one. slash artist. Oh slash. Oh. This one I know. Wait wait wait. I know this. Is one. it the same person or two people? Writer slash artist. No, not writer. Funny. Not writer and artist. <laughs> writer slash okay. artist. You're gonna throw me off there. Just back in comics, <laughs> the super team known as Alpha Flight was the creation <laughs> of what writer slash 
artist? Uh, That's a good question. I'm okay. not doing well. <laughs> I, I was hoping it was going to come up during the discussion. Yeah, of the yeah, book. yeah. I, I almost said it too. Yeah, yeah, I almost yeah. said it. I was going to talk about it, but yeah. <laughs> question like, number four. <laughs> question number four. What Golden Age Marvel superhero has a non-speaking cameo role in Captain America: The First Avenger? Say that again. What Golden Age Marvel superhero has a non-speaking cameo role in Captain America: The First Avenger? If you, if you, if you, Steve, you are. It's uh, I. I shame on you for not knowing this. Knowing Bob. <laughs> I need more time. I've heard this factoid. Too many times. <laughs> 7,000 times. Yes. I'm, I, I'm, the sad thing is, is like, I know this. <laughs> and like, I'm just like drawing a blank. I try to mm -hmm. say things that have been said yeah. here before, yes. here and there, except maybe no, that like, first I, one. Yeah. Um, Non-speaking cameo. Non-speaking cameo, cameo role. Um, I feel better than when we started, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Question number five. Uh... This is the one I, I was vacillating about, and this okay. is what I finally came up with. Kelly Sue DeConnick's daughter, Tallulah Louise, okay. <laughs> is named for what two classic-era movie stars? Oh. Oh, boy. That's a double. That's a double whammy. <laughs> you know, Bob, I really liked you around the front <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's daughter, Tallulah Louise, is named for what two classic-era movie stars? It's two separate people. Yes. Oh my goodness! Oh, I'm gonna make up last name. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why I I put them out there. Tallulah Paddington. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a tough one. So, do we want to? Stephanie, I I I I apologize if you said this at the top. I was preparing my questions no, you when you're getting the rules. Are we gonna do Bob's answers now? Or are we gonna do all five rounds and then do all the answers? Um. How how do you guys feel? Like I we used to score by round. We did, but I feel like maybe it might be a good idea to do all the answers at the end, just because okay. it gives everybody time to sort of like, if they can remember the questions, fill yeah. in like yeah. answers. Okay. Or, or which you know we could song. do then too. Can we read one number four? Absolutely. We should time. also make a note for each of us on a round if there's a question we need to rehear at the end. Yeah, absolutely. We can always do that. Yeah, okay. Really nice, yeah. Which question, Steph? Number f oh, n that was a Captain America one, right? Number mm -hmm. four. Number four, well, yes, was a Captain America question. This is true. Golden Age superhero. What so Golden Age Marvel superhero has a non-speaking cameo role in Captain America: The First Avenger? Yo, I nailed <laughs> that one. I got it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. I feel good. All right. So good. I got Joey. You, you feel I so good about this. It's your turn. I think my questions might be too hard now that I, you know. Lay it on us, Joey. <laughs> Question one. Topic, X-Files. Oh. <laughs> Originally aired in 1996, this episode of the X-Files was so controversial that it was the first to receive a viewer discretion advice tag and was also only shown once in syndication mm. on Fox. What is the name of that episode? I... I, I no. Let's see. I know the name of about four X Files Idea. episodes. I know. I know. Like Nicole has been posting her X Files articles, yeah. so I'm like trying to think back to like maybe she if she covered this. Yeah, I pitched uh, it. I watched the first episode of the new stuff. I haven't watched it yet. I watched. Uh, what did I watch this weekend? I watched Ice this weekend. Ooh, Legends of one. Tomorrow. I watched so. that. Uh, Ice is is the, uh, the seventh or eighth episode of season one of the X Files. 
Oh. It's basically like The Thing. Uh, I've oh, seen cool. that one. It's yeah. a great episode. Yeah. It's a great episode. It's like the only episode I ever saw. Really? <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen the X-Files. That seems like something you'd bring up your alley. Yeah, yeah it was when it was Kolchak back yeah. in the 70s. <laughs> That's such a good show. Um, all right. I'm just going to put right X-Files. <laughs> Forbidden Planet has something to do with shit. Yes, <laughs> Go screw yourself, Joey. <laughs> no, no. I, you, what, you, we're doing this now? No, that, that episode was about a dentist. It's called The Tooth is Out There. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. I couldn't oh. thought you like puns, Stephanie. It's fine when you do them. Happy. I'm smiling. You can't see, okay. but I'm smiling. Okay. I'm not smiling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's because you're, like, devoid of joy. I just don't like puns. Uh, <laughs> question two. Come on, Joe. Hip hop star Coolio <laughs> appears in the director's cut of what wrongfully maligned early 2000s superhero film? Oh, I, <laughs> I feel know. like I know this. <laughs> I feel like I know this too. Um, I got this one. <laughs> Coolio. <laughs> in case you were wondering. Early 2000s. Not to be mixed up with yeah. ice tea. I've got to, I've got to In my ask, opinion, wrongfully maligned. For, for, for a, a, a clarifying question here, Joey. What do you, now that we're in 2016, what do you consider early 2000s? Like, like come pre- on, Bobby, get with it. No, but I'm saying like 2000, 2005. Early like the, OOs. It's early OOs. It's not like. Early OOs. Okay. OOs. All right. It's okay. not early 10s. Yeah, come on, get out of here. That's easy. That's. Explanatory. I don't know. There's a lot of crappy. It's uh, a lot of clarifying questions. All right. Um, okay. Question three. Topic X Men. <laughs> Introduced <laughs> by Chris Claremont in X Men Volume Two, Number One Hundred. Neil Shara was the first Indian member of the X Men and had pyrokinetic powers. What was his code name? <laughs> Oh, I hate boy. you. Yeah. This is like a Bob level quiz right here. Hint, like... hint. Someone else in X-Men history had the same code name. Okay. Significant character. Okay. Also introduced by Chris Claremont. <laughs> okay. I just guessed. All right. I keep thinking of killer instinct characters. <laughs> you never know. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be a lot of zero. There's gonna be a lot of bad scores in the in the in the, in the Joey round. <laughs> I get points for my own round, right? No. No. <laughs> Question four. The star of Broadway's Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, Benjamin Walker, served as another notable U.S. president in this brilliantly hokey 2012 horror film. Oh. Wait. What? <laughs> The star of Broadway's <laughs> Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, Benjamin Walker, served as another notable U.S. president in this 2012 brilliantly hokey 2012 film. Horror film, excuse me. Okay, horror Can't film. Re- okay, I think I know what this is. The important thing about questions like this, you just have to isolate the important information, which is mm-hmm. President I know, 2012 like, horror film. Presidents, this is bullshit. I'm Canadian. <laughs> this is like racism. <laughs> I don't think what. I know it's just my goodness. Up. All right. Okay. Good. Question five. Question five, Joey. Now there's some like spoilers in here for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. I oh, it. I love you. Go ahead. On Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Our titular heroine was replaced twice as the Slayer for reasons that I want to get into right now. 
Can you name her two replacements? Yeah. That's easy. <laughs> one, I think, is. The other one, I don't know. Yeah. I got you, though. All right. That's one of my favorite shows of all time, so I got it. Um, at the end of that one. I'm trying yeah. to get... So, both... I, I'm really shocked, because actually we're preparing... It's a little ways down the road, but I'm preparing the Misfits for a Buffy episode. Ooh. And um, Mara and Melissa are both like, yeah, we're not like fans. And I'm like, oh, but not like fans. Like, they just haven't really seen it. And I was like, what? So like if anyone saw me on Twitter kind of asking about like episodes to get people into Buffy who haven't watched Buffy before, it's for them because I was like. I need to make them understand. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one too, because if they start with season <laughs> one, it's not going to change their mind. You know, that's the problem. Yeah. It's like, I, I, uh, I don't think I season mean, one's hush bad. Is like so hush is amazing. Um, but not a good body. entry. Yeah. The body. Yeah. But the body is like, that's not even indicative of the way the rest of the show is. Oh, the body is just God, like, my slay my, my friend, soul. Uh, the, the writer of, I love trouble. He saw my tweet and he sent me like an entire essay. <laughs> he, he he had written an essay for his friend that he was trying to get into Buffy. Um, so Cal sent it to me to pass on to them. So like, I, I didn't scratch out the name Paul, but like it's like <laughs> this essay written to his friend Paul. But I'm like, Mara, Melissa, this is for you. Just yeah insert your own names but like it's like this full like three-page essay that has like season breakdowns of the episodes that like the key episodes they need to watch oh wow, okay i mean I, like, I, I, all right Kel, like thank you i don't know how mara's gonna feel about it i feel like it's something melissa would love yeah. right yeah i have one okay. point you, you don't know that for sure oh i know <laughs> <laughs> i think i did good on that last round guys <laughs> it got all the answers all right steve you're up next all right let me uh at my questions here okay mine are a little bit more lenient thank you i think uh maybe not all of them okay which realm of the thorverse is loki from originally oh gosh spelling <laughs> spelling, doesn't spelling, count. spelling doesn't count if you know the name of it it's fine which realm of the thorverse is loki originally from okay there's a lot of Himes out there. Yes. <laughs> All right. Question number two. In Joe Kelly and J.M. Kem Nomura's I Kill Giants, Barbara Thorson battles giants while using a magical hammer that she keeps in her equipment pouch. What is the name that she's given to that hammer? You want a hint? No. no. Oh, okay. It's trivia. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more time. Take in this seriously, Steve. <laughs> And Joe Kelly and J.M. Mm -hmm. Ken Nomura's I Kill Giants, Barbara Thorson battles giants while using a magical hammer that keeps uh, that she keeps in her equipment pouch. What is the name that she's given to that hammer? Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. Of all the colors in the spectrum... <laughs> is this going to turn into the reading rainbow? Yeah. Okay, okay. Which one has okay. code 00298B6? Okay. I'll rephrase. Chartreuse. Keeping in mind six colors okay. of, the, of the, the, color, the color spectrum, what color is the space infinity gem? Oh, okay. God damn it. Ew. You want all the colors of them? And you get no. to pick? No, no, that's okay. Oh, that's, okay. that's okay. There's a so limited amount of colors. Okay. 
What Comic color? Isn't Comics like or Crayola movies? colors. Like, I mean, it's not going to be like <laughs> is there hummingbird. Uh, red. I don't know. I'm like, just throwing yeah. it out there to be a. So, what color is the space infinity gem? Is the third question. Space. I'm going to just guess. I think I, I got that. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Question number four. What is the name of the fictional serial killer producing town in Josh Williamson's oh, Nailbiter? Oh. <laughs> I could see it. I could see the name in my head. What is the name of the fictional serial Damn killer it. producing town in Josh <laughs> Williamson's Nailbiter? I got a pretty funny wrong answer, guys. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, this this last one, there's a lot of opportunities to get this one. So let me know when you're ready. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Question number five. Without looking it up, name at least two keys from Joe Kelly and Gabriel Rodriguez's lock and key, excluding oh. the Omega and Alpha keys. Okay. Oh, okay. Damn it. There's like 17 of them. Yeah. What are they kind of like called? I cannot tell you that. Blank key. I, I was like, why are you starting this question with without looking it up? That goes without saying. <laughs> it was written down. I meant to skip over it. And just, You're not my, supposed to look any of them up. Yeah. My mouth was like. Can I look up the other ones? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, the answer is no, Steve. Um, okay. I don't think I did well on that one. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> My goodness. After your questions. Goodness. You know, like that X Files question? I do. That's a really tough one. A particular episode of a show. I, oh, I saw talk about that episode a all the A particular time. episode of a show that has like 10 seasons. Yeah, yeah that is two, over 200 episodes. I've seen a total time, of five like, episodes of that episode, show. Guys. That includes the new one. <laughs> wow. All right, Bobby. My goodness. Okay. It's your turn. It's my turn. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, here we go. All right. Okay. Christopher Nolan famously brought Batman films back from the Batman and Robin Abyss. But what other prestigious filmmaker was set to direct a Batman year one adaptation before Christopher Nolan? Bob knows. Mm -mm. He doesn't know. All right. I can read it again or I can go on to number two. Are we ready? Two. Two? Okay. Which Stephen King epic began life as five short stories published between 1978 and 1981? I feel like I know what this is based on you. <laughs> like knowing you. It's a curve. I, I, it's a curve. I hope. <laughs> I hope. Unless you're just like, yeah, exactly. It's a curveball. You're like, ha! With no, all of us. Wrong. That's what I wanted you to think. Psych. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I don't like my answer to number one anymore. <laughs> I like mine, but mostly because I know it's wrong and I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> but I, like my other one might be right, but I like the one that I wrote down mm, more. Okay. I, well, I believe in that decision. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, um, what team based film, what team based superhero film originally slated to come out in 2011, did Marvel Studios cancel? to focus more effort and time on the Avengers. Huh. Movie was announced. It had casting. It oh. had a writer. It had casting. It, it had casting, yeah. The hell? Well, it had rumored casting. I don't know if they did official 
trade anything like that. That's that's stuff to look up when you're doing research. Yeah. <laughs> Rumor. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. Number four. Quentin Tarantino is known for his films, but in 2005 he wrote and directed a two-part episode of which television show? Oh. Hmm. This is embarrassing. 2005. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me let me consult my photographic memory index of all shows out in 2005. <laughs> um. All right. 2005. 2005. Okay, Holy damn! I'm I'm in the wrong decade. <laughs> that would be the no m- stuff. Yeah. Was it a new show at the time? Uh, no, I don't think it was. It was no, it wasn't like a pilot or anything. Mm. Of that show, mm. it was a well-established series. I'll tell you that. Oh, oh, I got it! Oh. I got it, guys! <laughs> I freaking loved this show. Shut up! <laughs> All right, number five. Which divisive movie star took his last name from a Marvel Comics hero? <laughs> his stage name, as as it would be. Nailed it. <laughs> um, is there anyone, any, anybody needs me to reread before we go on to Stephanie's? Mm-mm. No? Okay. All right. That's my five. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Let's read number five one more time, just for the hell of it. Just give me like two seconds. Yeah, let's do my, this. My number five? Okay. Which yeah. divisive movie star took his last name from a Marvel Comics hero? I'm trying to think of character like divisive. Hmm. <laughs> Who do I hate in Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> but it also means some people also love. That's what it means. So Like me. Like Joey. <laughs> I only started hating you, Joey, after that X-Files question, so... Hey, um, I'm still trying to remember once the I tell you about this episode, you're going to be like, oh, that one? I've probably seen the episode, but it's still, it's a lot of episodes to know a name of. There's Yeah, but there's like a handful that are like definitive. Yes. Oh. That Quentin Tarantino answer is right on the tip of my tongue, and I just can't get there. Because I, I watched it. I remember it being a thing. I love that episode. All right, Stephanie, are you ready? Girl. We're going to go back around. Everyone read their questions again at the end, so you'll have time okay, to do this. Okay, okay, okay. Right? Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. I've got this. So I guess also it, we should point out that for us, obviously, we're excluded from one of the rounds. So the most we could get is 20. But if you're playing along as you listen, your score could potentially be at a 25. Mm-hmm. Exactly you automatically right. win. Shut up. Yeah, they have five <laughs> extra questions, so mm-hmm. they're yeah. going to beat us silly. Yeah. Or the experts. Um... I feel like my questions are significantly easier than everyone else's, but let's roll with this. Let's see. Let's see. You guys ready? <laughs> yes. Question one. Mm-hmm. In Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in what year was the great maple syrup heist? That's not the question. That happened. That's a thing, but that's not the question. All right. Number one. What is the address of the fictional family, the Munsters? Oh, oh shoot! It's <laughs> uh, I know the street. <laughs> Damn it! You need to get the numbers. Well. I know, I know, Stephanie. I'm just saying. I mean, Man, everybody loads up their first question. 
Usually I start pretty easy. <laughs> All right. You, you happy with your response? I'm happy with part of my response. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know part of it is right. But I don't know the number at all. So it's just a, just a guess. All right. <laughs> mm. um, in the first episode of the first season of the Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. the Stark children are all, give, they all receive dire wolves as pets. Mm-hmm. What are the names of the dire wolves? All of them? What? There's like 12 star kids. <laughs> All of them? The questions are so much yeah. easier than everybody else's questions. Um, Sleepy, hello? Doc, yeah. Grumpy. <laughs> How about one? <laughs> I can definitely name one. This is easy. This is like, not easy. Literally, I asked this question at like trivia, and people are like, "Oh, what? This is so easy!" And I'm like, "Don't scoff at me." Yeah, except <laughs> that you're trivia. There's like teams of people, not just solo brains. Uh, it doesn't one like bite it in like episode two. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> you get That's one like twelfth of a point spoiler. for each. Spoilers, at least. Its yeah. name is Ned. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next, what's your next along. easy question, Stephanie? <laughs> uh, I have a migraine from that last one. Easy. <laughs> I can't stop laughing now. <laughs> okay. In the original portal, all the testing Chow goes through prepares her for the big boss battle against GLaDOS. <laughs> mm -hmm. What does GLaDOS stand for? Oh, my God, Stephanie. Oh, That's God. Like my favorite game of all time, and I don't even know that. <laughs> I phone a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Two points. Yeah. That's what I've got so far. For sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gladiatorial. <laughs> Lazy I boy. Really inappropriate answer. Arsenic. <laughs> Goddamn uh -huh. loser. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> Loser ass. <laughs> Goddamn loser ass. Wait, how do you spell Oppressive. G-L-A-D-O-S. I think Steve's got it. <laughs> Locking it down. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yep. Going yeah, we're, we're, we were ready as soon as you finished. Yeah. Are we going to read out our answers or are we just going to be told the answers? No, we're going to read out our answers. Yeah. Yeah. If we want to. If you want to read out your like silly answer or whatever. Okay. In Galaxy Quest, okay. Lieutenant Tawny Madison, played by Sigourney Weaver, has one job. Nice. What is it? Nice. Oh. <laughs> Great movie starring Alan Rickman as well, you guys. Mm -hmm. So you well, managed to get your shirt off. <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought we were going to go down the... By Grab Thar's Hammer right I there. I love yes. that. that. That movie uh, is so good. Now that that scene when the I don't want to spoil Galaxy Quest for anybody, but when he repeats that later on, yeah, oh yeah. man, yeah, 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 good one, good one, Steph. Thank you. Um, are you guys ready for number five? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. This might be I. It might be a hard one, as no, opposed to that wolf it's question. Like one that you know, Bob. Like I. Okay. Okay. Who was the first couple? to be shown in bed together on primetime TV. 
I thought I was about to pick out a note, like, look in his notes, and it was going to be written <laughs> right down there, somewhere. Right <laughs> I've been saving That's what it that just looked one. like the way, yeah. the way your hand yeah. went. I have this here. <laughs> on network TV? No, nope, on primetime prime TV. Primetime TV. Gotcha. Primetime TV. Can uh, we get like a year range? No. Damn it. Oh, my God. Oh. I don't know. I'm going to just guess. Okay. No, they had the first toilet. Nah, I got nothing. I got nothing. You, but it's not. It's not Bert and Ernie. It's not that. Okay. They were in the tub together. They also weren't on primetime TV, so. <laughs> That's daytime. Yeah. Maybe in Canada. <laughs> yeah. That was the that was the the edgy programming in Canada. Sesame Street. Um we had Degrassi. Drake I know. I've gets, seen a I've seen a lot of Degrassi. Drake gets handicapped. He does. Yo, there's new Degrassi on Netflix. It's true. I've well, watched yeah. it. There is. <laughs> They get it's, into some real stuff. They do some like uh, like uh, Gamergate type stuff in that. Oh snap! Yeah, it's topical. It's very and totally relevant. The oh, slogan wait. of Degrassi is "It goes there." That's that slogan. Is it actually? Yeah, it, it is. It does. Yeah. They do some really like sometimes it's corny the way they do stuff, but like there's some like heavy shit on that show. Now, how many years that ran for? Like a forty decade. years or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. there's the, like the original one, and then they brought back the, ne- the like the new one, the new, and that was that was With like Nina six- Dobrev and Drake. Yeah, like sixteen years oh. ago, like that. Wow. Yeah, it's not like on season fifteen or something at this point. Um, uh, it probably comes as a shock to nobody that there was almost a Degrassi question here. <laughs> I could have gotten that one right. <laughs> maybe, maybe not though. I don't know. If the answer was Drake. I would have got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Aubrey do we Graham. want to recap That's the questions quickly? Yeah. I mean, the people listening, you guys who are listening, obviously have the option to pause. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we necessarily need to go over. Um, I think maybe we read the question and then the answer. again and then the answer. So if yeah. you're... Go ahead, Steph. If you hear a question that you haven't written an answer to and you're still playing along at home, just pause the recording. I think, and then we'll go on to the answer. How's that sound? Good. Does anyone here in the room need any questions reread from? Uh, I don't think so. Well, are we going to reread and then give ask the answer. for answers, or give the answer? Give the answer. Okay. Give the answer. Okay. Um, and then read the jokes if we. Uh, if you so, if you so, you feel so inclined. You think your All jokes right. are up to snuff? I got jokes, guys. <laughs> All right, here we go, Bob. Okay, in old DC continuity, Crypto is Superboy's superpowered dog. But what is the name of Supergirl's pet super cat? Steve. Streaky. Streaky the oh. super cat. Goddamn it, mittens! It's not Whiskos. It's not Whiskos. Debuted in Action Comics number two hundred one in nineteen sixty. Does anyone know the name of the super monkey? Bananas. Beppo. Okay, Beppo, Beppo the super monkey. Mm, I probably would have got there. Okay. Number two. The 1956 science fiction film classic Forbidden Planet is based on what play by William Shakespeare? Joey. The Tempest. The Tempest. Yes! Damn it. That's right. Yes. <laughs> so everybody, everybody keeps score uh, right. for themselves, obviously. Yeah. Morbius is Prospero, Altera, Miranda. Mm-hmm. Robbie is Ariel for those mm. keeping score at home. Tempest is one of the best. The yeah. The Tempest, often considered to be Shakespeare's last play. 1610. Mm. Or 11, depending 11. on when he copyrighted it. Yeah. Uh, or they had copyrights in the 1600s. <laughs> That's what I think. Just back in comics, the super team known as Alpha Flight was the creation of what writer-artist, Bobby? John Byrne. John Byrne. Nailed it. On Kenny X-Men number 120, Alpha Flight number one was August 83. Hmm. 
What Golden Age Marvel superhero has a non-speaking cameo role in Captain America the First Avenger? <laughs> Joey, you said you had this one? Human Torch? The Human Torch. That's correct. The original, I totally the original, like the original Android Human Torch <laughs> is standing in a plexiglass tube, just as he did in Marvel Comics number one in the Stark Expo as they walk in the room. What year did Captain America: First Avenger come out? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. It's two thousand sixteen. Two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. It came out. Okay. Yes, two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah. In the last five years, I've heard that anecdote seventy-five times for Bob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's important. There's always somebody new to tell the anecdote to. That's why. Yes. You're always in the room where it comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, uh, Number five. <laughs> Kelly Sue DeConnick's daughter, Tallulah Louise, is named for what two classic era movie stars? <laughs> nope. Tallulah Windigo. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote Louise Fitzgerald. Uh, Tallulah Bankhead, who is in, for instance, the Alfred Hitchcock movie Lifeboat. Okay. And silent movie vamp and the first person with the Betty Page haircut, Louise Brooks, okay. who made Pandora's oh, Box and Diary of a Lost Girl. Nice. Louise Brooks, I've heard that name before. I I've wrote Tallulah Fadula. That's what I wrote. <laughs> so there you That's go. That's a bone in your lower leg. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the Tallulah Fadula. <laughs> All right. That's All right. good. So who's leading at the end of one round? Uh, um, I got three, three points. Nice. I got one. I got one as well, Steve. <laughs> Joey? Three. Oh, wow. Joey and I neck and neck. There we go. Here comes Joey's fucking round. <laughs> nice. I don't... <laughs> I have a chance to break ahead right now as Joey cannot collect points on his own. Exactly. Yeah, except I think I got none of these right. I got one of them oh, right. No. I got one I, I right. I think I got at least two to three, maybe four. Probably not, though. <laughs> I, have, I have faith in you guys. I hate you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joey, read your questions and the answers. Question one. Originally aired in 1996, this episode of The X-Files was so controversial that it was one of the first to receive a viewer discretion advice tag and was only shown in syndication on Fox once more. Anybody? <laughs> no. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. The episode title was Home... Okay. And uh, it was controversial because that was the one where there was like, it was like a family in a house, and they were like incestuous. And oh, like sisters! See, you Shit, know the I episode. Did know this one. See, you know the damn episode. I think I tweeted about this and stuff too. It was so graphic. <laughs> Shitballs. I put tiny green men. <laughs> that was good. Close. I was like, there's like a one in a hundred shot that I'll be right. Mm. I think the odds were worse than that. That episode is so. They didn't show it on TV, so I actually went out and bought the DVD set, like in like 2008 or whatever, to watch that one episode. Wow. Yep. It's cray. Joey, what's the name of the episode where they're on like the boat and they got them with the Bruno Triangle and they're like go back in time? Oh, uh, that's the pilot to Lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I, I only know the episode title for Home because that episode is ridiculous. Uh, I don't okay. know. The yeah. Is All it right. like the military one? You talking to me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's early. Like, it's like in the like, first or second season. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but that's a great episode. I don't remember either. All right. Joey, Wait. next. Question two. Hip-hop star Coolio <laughs> is featured in the director's cut of what wrongfully maligned 2000, uh, oh. early 2000s film? Um, the answer? Is Daredevil. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. He's on trial. He's on trial. I remember it just as you trial, were saying it. Yep. Ben Affleck is like, I'm gonna. Damn it! I wrote Electra. 
And I crossed out Electra and I wrote Catwoman. <laughs> Coolio as Catwoman. Yeah. Might have been I, better. I yeah. Because I was like, maybe he's like a gangster vampire. Blade was 99, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. Daredevil, wrongfully maligned, guys. Come on. That was the clue. Gotcha. Well, there's a couple that are wrongfully maligned, I think. So. Electra. No, not Electra. Electra <laughs> rightfully, <laughs> not Catwoman, rightfully yeah. maligned. The um, answer was Daredevil. Mm hmm. Okay, I got none right. <laughs> so far. All right. X-Men. Mm-hmm. Question three. Introduced by Chris Claremont in X-Men Volume 2, number 100, Neil Shaw was the first Indian member of the X-Men and had power kinetic powers. What was his code name? Pyro. Yeah, Pyro. <laughs> Thunderbird. Oh. This is bullshit. <laughs> I, put I should have written that down. Had what kind of powers? Pyrokinetic. Fire Naturally, mines. he'd be a fucking bird. Hmm. Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Dang. Okay. Shared with obviously John Proudstar. Yeah. <laughs> also introduced by Chris Claremont and John Sessions. <laughs> um, Len no? Wein. Len Wein. Uh, yeah. All right, Joey. Nice question, though. Next. The star of Broadway's Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, Benjamin Walker, served as another notable U.S. president in this brilliantly hokey 2012 film. Uh, Cabin on the Beach. No. <laughs> it's the <laughs> sequel to Cabin in the Woods. Is it Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Hell yes, it is. Oh. I love that movie. <laughs> okay. I totally misheard the question and just wrote <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was closer than I got. That's an awesome miss here. <laughs> oh. Sorry, sorry. Sir Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. Incorrect. Am I the US only president? one that got that? I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Oh, I thought that was an easy one. I hated that movie. I just, I don't, I forget that movie exists. So yeah. that's kind of the problem. Oh, guys, I had to see it for a friend's birthday. <laughs> I was dying the whole time. All right, Joey. This is the right one on. question I got right. <laughs> Here we go. On Buffy the Vampire Slayer, our titular heroine was replaced twice as Slayer for reasons. Name her two replacements Kendra and Faith. Nailed it. Damn. <laughs> I had Faith. Everybody and, knows Faith. And Spike. <laughs> Kendra was awesome. Kendra was, Kendra yeah. was badass. I don't remember her name. I don't remember got the other one wrong too, though. She's not in very much. I don't remember no. her at all. No. She meets an untimely death. She does. Glad to be on the show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Scores. No. So Joey still has three. Bobby, you have four now because I got Damn one. It. Stephanie? I have three. I got two from that round. Steve? <laughs> I have one and proud of it. Uh, we're tied. Okay. You have one? I have one. Really? I got Daredevil. But he didn't. He it was his first round. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, not going to do much better than that as we move along. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. All right, yep. Steve. All right. So, uh, which realm of the Thor verse is Loki from originally? He is from Jotunheim. There we go. Nailed it. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name, and I just wrote like nonsense world. There's a close enough. Wrote, <laughs> and then I wrote Frostheim, and I was like, neither of these. There's a bunch. Yeah. There's like Svartalheim. Svartalheim and... is what I wrote first because I could, and then yeah. I, I, I was originally going to ask uh, where Malekith came from, yeah. and that would have been Svartalheim. Yeah, Svartalheim. Svartalheim. Okay. Uh, in Joe Kelly and J. M. Ken Nomura's I Kill Giants, Barbara Thorson battles giants while using a magical hammer that she keeps in her equipment pouch. What is the name that she is given to that hammer, Bob Kovaleski? Very named good. after a pitcher oh. for the Philadelphia Phillies. There you go. I, I wrote Floofkins. <laughs> I haven't read that book. I think I'll in like accept it. Four years, so it's like I, I was just couldn't remember. 
Just could not remember. That was the first question that came to me when we were given mm. this assignment. I have an answer for this next one, but I don't remember the question at all. So it's just like a random word yeah. to me. <laughs> uh, what color right, is right, right, the right. space infinity? So you just gem? had a random color, and you were like, "I'm confused." I didn't remember the question. Now I remember. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. What color is the space infinity gem? Anyone? Blue. I... Indigo. No, red. Both incorrect. I wrote yellow. Steph. Purple. Yeah. Oh, I wrote That's that down and crossed yeah, it out. You got oh. it. Oh, damn. I, I just got thought it. I was full of shit. Nope. You know, space it's gem blue is in the purple. MCU. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. All right, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what is question number four? What is the name of the fictional serial killer producing town in Josh Williamson's Nail Biter? I, I know what it's going to say. Disneyland. Yeah. Anyone? Hullabaloo. <laughs> it is Buckaroo. 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 The town oh. of Buckaroo. There, I was right there. All you need to think of is the Buckaroo, the Buckaroo, Buckaroo Butcher. Uh, I've said Buckaroo too many times. Buckaroo Buckaroo Bonsai, I should have thought. Okay. All right. All right. So this one's this one's going to be a little bit of a thing uh, because I have them all written down here. Um, Read the question and then we'll read the answers and you tell us if. Oh, but I guess uh, no, because the listeners won't know that. Yeah, that's true. Just read them all out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to make it easier. (laughs) Name at least two keys from Joe Kelly and Gabriel Rodriguez's. you mean, Excuse me, lock and key. What? Joe Hill. Not what Joe did Ke- I say? Joe Kelly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, my stupid auto- it. My okay. autocorrect corrected it from what I wrote earlier. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez uh, lock and key, excluding the Omega and Alpha keys. So here are the other keys. There is the Harlequin key, the Philosophoscope key, the Hercules, the Anywhere, the Bitey, the key to the moon, the head key, the animal key, the music box key, the echo, time shift, angel, skin ghost, gender, chain, plant, owl, mending, age, giant, and hourglass keys. Is there a star key or a door key? There is not. They're all keys a to doors. door key. <laughs> That's what I had, guys. Oh, is there a here. is there a whiskey? Because I could use one after that. Oh, ah, oh. bonus points. <laughs> Hello. Uh, nobody needs those repeated. I hope. No, no, no. It's fine. No, no, no. Oh, just rewind. Okay, Bobby. Did anybody was... get it? I got two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got the anywhere and the time change. Not I said the little red hen. Um, Bobby, your score you. after. So what did I have? Three. What did I have after that? Four. I had four before. I have six now. Okay. I have five. Oh, Stephanie. Joey. Four. Steve. Uh, that was my round, so mm-hmm. I still have one. I have three. I think I did right. well on Bobby's round, though. So. Bobby. Yes. Here There's we go. No turn. Christopher Nolan famously brought Batman films back from the Batman and Robin Abyss. But what other prestigious filmmaker was set to direct an adaptation of Batman Year One before oh. Christopher Nolan? Oh, it was it Kevin Smith? It just no. What? Question. George Miller? No. I went with George Miller, but your damn question, I should have listened to it. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a key part. It's Darren Aronofsky. Oh, damn it. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> you're right. Ah, uh, uh, the adjective. <laughs> damn it. I wrote Ridley Scott, but I should have listened to your damn question. <laughs> oh, Shit, damn I your that listening too. skills. <laughs> All right. Question two. Which Stephen King epic began life as five short stories published between 1978 and 1981? Stephanie, what did you think it was? 
Is it the Dark Tower? It is the Dark Tower. Yes. That is I had that correct. Out. Fuck. Missed it. I had Shawshank Redemption, but that it's was actually Richard Bachman. No, it's Stephen King. Yeah, I, yeah, it's Stephen King. But that's not. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a, I feel like every three episodes, Bobby says it's literally like my favorite series. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought, but then I was like, maybe he's trying to trick me. Yeah. Uh, what team-based film, team-based superhero film, originally supposed to release in 2011, did Marvel Studios cancel to focus more time on the Avengers, The Runaways? Nailed it. Oh. Fudge. Yes. Wow. They had casting for that. Yeah, they had casting. There was it was on their release schedule, and they canceled it. Wow. Yeah. Just opening up old wounds, yep. aren't you, Bobby? Yep. Bringing that back. If I got this next question, I would be so happy with myself. I don't think I did. I'm I pretty definitely sure I didn't. didn't. Here we go. Quentin Tarantino is known for his films, but in 2005, he wrote and directed a two-part episode of which television show? That would be CSI, Crime yes. Scene Investigator. Oh my yes. God, I, yes. I do remember this. Wow. I, that one right. I didn't get this right, but I, wrote, I remember this now. I wrote Six Feet, feet Under. <laughs> I remember that. that episode. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> All right, and number five. Me and Oma used to watch CSI together a lot. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Which divisive movie star took his last name from a Marvel Comics hero? Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Idiot. I got one. From Luke Cage. Formerly Nicholas Coppola. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. I definitely got at least one in Stephanie's. So you're round. Steve, you're where it now? I'm I have two now. Okay, Stephanie. <laughs> Ooh, are you guys ready? Stephanie, where are you, what's your score? Six. Joey? That's gonna be my total score, too. Joey? Seven. Oh my god, Joey. I'm at five. It's all right. I didn't get any of Stephanie's questions. Yeah, so. I don't think I did either. So, um, right. you guys ready? All Stephanie's yep. super easy questions. Shut up. I want to know how many of us got the uh, Game of Thrones questions. <laughs> it's super. I got easy. one of them. <laughs> you needed all twelve. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> one easy up. question in twelve parts. Remember back litter. to school with, with yeah. Rodney. Wait, how many are there? However many, however many <laughs> Stark children there are, plus Jon Snow. Plus Jon Snow. Yeah. <laughs> I will answer these I questions. Now. Shut up. Question. Okay. Right. Well, go ahead. Number one, what is the address of the fictional family, the Munsters? Thirteen, thirteen, thirteen Mockingbird Lane. Correct. I knew it was Mockingbird Lane. I wrote fifteen Mockingbird Lane. Oh. <laughs> My parents asked me this question like we were having lunch or something and we were talking about like trivia and my parents oh my dad does like model trains and he went into the shop and he found a replica of the house for his like train thing and he was like nice. oh my god this is amazing my mom's like that's a great question what's the address of like the monster's house and I was like 1313 Mockingbird Lane and my parents were like how the fuck do you know that I know for a fact we did not have a TV in our house growing up and you did not watch that show and my mom was like yeah well, you did this to me. I had a lot to catch up on. What was the uh, recent reboot or the the, the oh, Mockingbird Lane? Was, okay, that's why I know the answer. Oh, because okay. Ryan Fuller. Yeah, it's so good. The pilot is so good. Oh, anyways. Anyway. Um. <laughs> here's everyone's favorite question. Yeah. <laughs> blah blah Game of Thrones. Blah blah Stark children. How many direwolves do they have, and what are their names? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I didn't ask that part, but whatever. So there's Ghost, which is Jon Snow. That's the Check. one I knew. Check. Nymeria. Hell no. You Arius. made that up. Yes. Nymeria. Lady. I got. I, who gets nope. the? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> she dies. Like episode two. As Joey so delicately spoiled. Um, there's a shaggy dog. <laughs> it's Sco- a, it's Scooby. a three-year-old. How comprehensive were your naming skills when you were that age? I, I don't even know that kid's health. name. Is that a... Uh... What, Brand? Rickon. No, it's Rickon. Yeah. Oh, Rickon oh. is the little one that disappears. Yeah. Yeah, that no one cares about. He, like, runs off into the yeah. field in one episode and no one cares. <laughs> He's like, I'm free. All right. There's Grey Wind and then Summer. Great. I had Ghost, Wolfie, Fade, Bill, and Johnson. I had Nook. <laughs> I like Nook. Ghost is the only one I know because Ghost is the most prominent on on the show. Collectively, you guys yeah. did very well. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Not even collectively. <laughs> no. So who right. Scooby, that? Scrappy, <laughs> Muttley. All right. I Go got ahead. this next one. Okay. In the original Portal, all the testing Chell oh, goes through one. prepares her for the big boss battle against Glados. What does Glados <laughs> stand for? Shut up. <laughs> it ahead, Steve. No, no, I have oh, the next okay. one. I totally, oh, okay. I didn't even write anything down. <laughs> it stands for <laughs> genetic life form and disc operating system. I knew you it was. Know what I, I had? knew it was disc operating system. Yeah. That's, uh, I had go like a donut oven sucker. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I like that answer. Just said go like a donut oven sucker. <laughs> Close, right? That's a point. Mm-hmm. Those donut sure. ovens, man. Yeah. They got attitude. Oh, goodness. Uh, uh, all right. In Galaxy Quest, yeah. Lieutenant Tawny Madison, played by Sigourney Weaver, has one job. What is it? She Does anyone well. think they know what the... I know what it is, yeah. yeah I both know it. She, her job on the ship is to talk to the computer. Not right. What? Her job is, her to, job repeat is to repeat what the computer, computer. says. Yeah. I have reading the messages back. Is that allowed? Is that yeah, acceptable? That's Check. Acceptable. <sighs> She's a harsh mistress. Do I not? Do I? I don't get credit for that. I. That's, that's not my question. I would say yes. You. I'm you're not... a liar. You are no. a liar. You're playing politics. It's, if I had put that not... in mind on one of your quizzes, you'd be like, oh, "I'm sorry, but it wasn't that." <laughs> I'm not. I'm not <laughs> Angela. Only one I got right in that round. Three Rivers Stadium. I'm coming in last either way, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. It's like, it's sort of specific because like, okay, anyways. I have one job on this ship, <laughs> and damn it, I'm, I'm going to do, do it. it. <laughs> um, okay, so who was the first couple to be shown in bed together on primetime TV? Does anybody have a guess for this? Archie and Edith Bunker? No. No. I it's, didn't. Do you, oh, do you want to guess? No, I have no idea. It's Fred and Wilma Flintstone. Oh. Hmm. I got no points in your round, Stephanie. You're easy round. I think my questions are easier than everybody else's. I'm sorry. You know who had the easiest round the whole thing? Bob. (laughs) (laughs) So we did start off easy. Oh my goodness. So my round might have been easier than Bob's, but uh, (laughs) who had fun? Everyone. Everyone had fun. I'm sad now. Joey, your final score was. So let's go in order. Bob, what was your score? Seven. Joey. Eight. Steve. Two. Bobby. Six, right? Yeah. I had six as well. Yeah. Good job. Your round really screwed me over, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, if I could ruin somebody's day, it would have been yours. So, Thank you so I mean, much. There you go. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, um, I hadn't you crossed guys, out if purple. You along, if you played along, you should tweet us your score, too. So Absolutely. your score again is out of 25. So let us know how well you did 
don't heckle us. Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> and don't look anything up. Yeah. No. Guys, There's a special prize back. for doing worse than me. <laughs> um, and I'm genuinely curious to know because what you guys thought of this because this is obviously something that we haven't done before. Yeah, that was fun. I had fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to bring yeah. out some of our old games from Fanboy Remix days, Bob. I I have I didn't bring them tonight, but I do have some. We did one that I liked a lot was called Before and After. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. Where you take two movies with a word that can link the two titles together right. and what you do is create a plot synopsis that oh, will describe that title yeah, yeah 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 and so you read that and then try to get someone to guess what the title is yeah like despicable me myself and irene like right. the, you know like that sort of thing that's the, the answer you have to create the plot from that oh. yeah we yeah. see the one called that Brian coined character trades, yeah. which was you say the plot of a movie but you sub out the actors and actresses' names for characters they played in other, other movies, movies. You know, so it's... Um, another one that, like, uh, is a lot of fun that we do at a trivia night I sometimes go to is, like, it's more, it's sort of, like, trivia still, but, like, you name an actor and you have to name their top four movies as per IMDb. Okay. So, wait, like, IMDb's. ranked? Like, ranked? No, not ranked, box, but, like, box you know how or uh, most IMDb or... says the most the best known four. Oh, best known four. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. It shows you like those four films. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you're like, what? No, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so like a weird family guess. feud. The survey says, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so you have to guess like based on like what you know about that actor and like that sort of algorithm that IMDb uses um, what those movies would be. Yeah. And we used to do that tagline one too, didn't we? You used to like yes, pick taglines from movies and, and you have to guess the movie from the tagline. You were very good at mine. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought I had you. It's like, no, he nailed him. He's a movie connoisseur. <laughs> All right. That was awesome. You will definitely do something like that again. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, totally. Joey, thank you so much for for joining us and being now a regular part of the show. Hey, man, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be good times. Yeah. Um, uh, like Stephanie said, send in your answers. Uh, it's probably easier for you to send them via email because it's gonna be they're gonna be not tweet length. Uh, well, you don't have to send your answers. You can send your score. I'll send your score, but if you yeah. want to, yeah, that's true. You send your score. That's true. Good point, Stephanie. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, you can. In, like, if I mean, if you have any notable things you want to be like, this is bullshit. Yeah. I mean, Twitter is great for that. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, we really Twitter's primary primary function. <laughs> yeah. um, you have arguments. Cut and paste. Keep those to 140 characters, please. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but at Talking Comics on Twitter would be for that podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com uh, would, would be uh, the email address for that, and facebook.com slash talkingcomics is the Facebook. Um, and we have uh, an Instagram now too. Yes, it's what is it, just Talking Comics. Talking Comics underscore because underscore. a whole bunch of jerks. Already claimed it. Gotcha. Unless one of you jerks did it, in which case gave me the password. Yeah, that might have been me. I don't have no idea. I have to look and see. Uh, that might be something I set up like five years ago and then just I, we never did it. I think there actually was one from a very long time ago. Yeah, there might be. So we'll talk, Stephanie, afterwards. Um, so we have an Instagram and uh, of course go to talkingcombooks.com. Oh my God, we do. <laughs> <laughs> So I saw the tweets. It was like, talk to us on Instagram now. I was like, I'm pretty sure we already were, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so go to talkingcomicbooks.com for all of our reviews, TV recaps, um, columns, features, everything. There's been an amazing amount of content going up from all our awesome new creators. Stephanie organizing all of that. So big thank you to, to all of them uh, for all of that. It's been it's been really awesome to see all that fresh content going up there. Um, you could even watch the Suicide Squad trailer 
like right when oh. it went up everywhere else on our yeah. on our website. So mm-hmm. make sure you you do that. And if you were we you know like Stephanie was saying I think before when Joey brought up that question, but you know the X Files just premiered, and one of our has been doing a, an X Files sort of countdown for for the past uh, couple of weeks. She like troopered that out too. Like yeah. after like day, she did sixteen days of it, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Oh my god, I have nothing else to write about." And she, you know, like everyone is working doing like passion project stuff here, and there's a lot of people that would have been like, "Peace out, I'm done with this," and she stuck it out. Nicole like killed it um she also released a um piece on azarello and lee bermejo's joker Mm. today too very cool and just um cry havoc comes out today by simon spurrier and ryan kelly and um cj thompson did a freaking amazing interview with him like cy sent it like in an audio file and it's a long interview and CJ transcribed all of it. What? Transcribing yeah. is not a fun Transcribing thing. Transcribing sucks. He transcribed that whole thing. Like Simon sent it at maybe like one o'clock yesterday. And uh, CJ had this up by the evening. That's like, pretty awesome. And it's an amazing, amazing interview. He asks like a ton of really fun questions. And like he did a ton of research into this. So this first like, question is spectacular. And his like <laughs> final question too: Lon Chaney or Michael J. Fox. <laughs> like you, you got to go check this out. He did a bang up job with it, and even covers uh, some of his uh, uh, 2000 AD stuff. Cool, awesome. Definitely check that stuff out. And of course, our huge network of podcasts, ever, ever growing. Um, you can find them all on our website at talkingcombooks.com um, or the podcast tab, and subscribe them all in, in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you use to listen to, to podcasts. Um, they're all there. Uh, and uh, yeah, check them out because we have a, an awesome, basically covering about any topic that you could possibly want. It's it, it, it's all there for you. Um, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve, mine is at Dead underscore Anchorus. Joey, at Joey Bracino. Stephanie, at Hello Cookie. And Bob, that email address. Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. Um, if people have watched our our this year's Halloween movie. There is a fake Twitter yes, account yeah. that is associated with Bob's character in that movie. So they still keep asking me to finalize my <laughs> it's, account. It's true. I still get those emails too. Yeah. Like Bobby the Boner, please. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so the little, little 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 tease of that one. But um, uh, yeah, so that's good. We're gonna we're gonna come. Up with, we're gonna do a topic next week. No shared book of the week next week. We'll do something fun. Um. And yeah, we'll be back all together next week for another episode of the Talking Comics Podcast. But until then, for Steve. Proud of my two points. Bob. I was too. Joey. Adios. And Stephanie. Sorry, my questions were so hard. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics. To be continued. happening why what that's a very strange thing he obviously this, has a type. this is like the shit yeah. that like literally only happens to me well to be fair most 
most adults don't make blanket forts, so. <laughs> I feel like just because you're devoid of joy doesn't mean that other people don't. Just got blanket, blanket fort envy. Yeah, I he goes it. home and looks at his sad blanket fort. Yeah. It's like, I mean, show me up. did you not see the episodes of Community starring blanket forts? I did see those are great episodes. Literally, everyone likes blanket forts who also likes joy. There's mm. like a Venn diagram. One's joy. One's blanket forts. You know, I, I have know no problem. With, I have no problem with blanket forts. I am a fan of blanket forts. There's just there's a time and a place, Stephanie, for blanket <laughs> forts. We should bring a date home. Maybe not the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to be fair, be if, like, I, if, why if, if I why would I be like, why would I be like, hey, other guy, I'm bringing home. I'm about a blanket fort. <laughs> I mean, like publicly this, like what? I love that. That's his. That he, that's what he thinks is like your seduction technique. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, I know I'm like pretty weird, but like. What? Hey. It's like, do you want to build a snowman, but like with blankets? Yeah. Should have answered the door in feedy pajamas. <laughs> yeah. No, the Godzilla onesie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So there's not going to be. Uh, uh, so I get to announce Joey is at least semi regular participant in, in Talking Comics this week. Yeah, that's irregular. Exciting. That's exciting. He's the irregular participant. Yeah, he's irregular. Abby Normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a cat named Abby Normal. We called her Abby. Okay. Is this pre-blanket four? <laughs> <laughs> this was growing up, which explains some things. <laughs> okay. Lots of lots of information we're getting here. It's great. 